You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast. Hey, I'm John, and I'm joined by regular Chris. How you doing? Hello. Good. Hi, Robert. How are you? Um, good John can't make it tonight. I think he's busy doing his Santa duties. Um, <laughs> but we're delighted to get a special guest on that we've been trying to go on for a, a few weeks. Um, so ex-professional footballer, played at a few clubs, uh, Motherwell, Hearts and John, some of others. Uh, Kevin Twaddle, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I know, we're pleased to get a get you on. Um, I think it was maybe a couple of months ago we kind of started kind of chatting to you and seeing if you were keen to come on and it's always good to get someone on that's involved in the game. So, I think you're yeah, probably the, the highest profile person we've had on so far in terms of from oh, a football point of view. Well, you've not had many great guests on, have you? <laughs> <laughs> I think probably, probably our most high profile guest wasn't a football. It was probably Derek Ray, wasn't it? Just... Ah, I would say so. Uh, uh-huh. It was a few years ago now. So, right. so um, yeah, obviously with yourself, you kind of played football high level. Um, so kind of we'll talk a wee bit about that. And obviously your yeah. book as well. Um which is kind of an interesting topic. Um, we've kind of spoke a wee bit about this season, about kind of mental health side of things and different things like that. So you yeah. know, obviously kind of come into that as well. Um, yeah, no life problem. on the line. Um, yep. So right. uh, so we're going to start off, obviously your kind of football career. Uh, you started off in the juniors at Dunbar United, was it? Yeah, Dunbar United, yeah. I spent... Um... I spent, I think, under a season there, scored a few goals and obviously was lucky enough to get picked up by um, St Johnston. Yeah. Um, uh, we actually had Dunbar United tweet us um, with a couple of, kind of comments in terms of questions. So huh. the first one was asking how you found uh, the step up from the mighty seasiders to St Johnston. Uh, <laughs> and the other one was how how did you uh, cope not relying on, uh, is it Toy, for all his assists anymore? <laughs> So uh, obviously some of my good memory. Uh listen, Toy Toy was actually probably one of the most gifted football players I've actually played with, but it's never ever played senior, believe it or not. He was uh, he was fantastic player. Left sided, great left foot. Um I wouldn't go as far as the assist bit to be honest with you, but no, he was he was a he was a really good player. And obviously moving from um, Dunbar to St Johnston, I think most people think when you're obviously moving for um junior club and you're moving into like a first, second or third division, I think you hear lots of people saying, oh, I know boys that would get a game in the first division, and I know boys and the the, the golf, the golf's just incredible, it's uh, it's such, such a big lift, especially for me, it was going to playing junior football to um, playing in the first division and there was like a lot of big clubs in the first division as well. Did you, did you know back then, then for a while that St Johnson were looking at you, like had you been given the nod and been told about it or how did it come about? No, I think when you're doing all right in the junior game, I think obviously you get people saying that clubs are coming. And um, I know I've I've heard a few clubs obviously, but you always hear things and nothing kind of comes from it. And um, so yeah, I it's just you keep playing obviously and if you get the opportunities. But yeah, I, I finished the game on the Saturday and I kind of knew St Johnson had been at the game on the Saturday. We'd been playing against um, Bonnerig Juniors. Yeah, okay, um, yeah. And at the time, I mean, they were they were a good club, not as good as what they are obviously now. Um, yeah. So, 
it was a case of um, getting phoned after the game and um, I got phoned uh, just saying that um, St Johnston would like me to go and play in a trial game on a Tuesday night um, against Dunfermline um, and that was like a kind of derby game as well so I just went for there I went to play in the game on a Tuesday I had been working during the day I was still covered in paint I went into the dressing room and other boys were obviously ripping the, ripping the, the old the uh, ripping the proverbial yeah, that's the proverbial. I don't know what it's really or not. Ah, you can see what you're ripping, all right, yeah. You can... They were ripping the proverbial eye. Um, so it was quite good as well because they'd got pumped on the Saturday as well, the first team. So a lot of the boys um, for the first team were playing in the reserve game as well, which was, I mean, I walked in and I'm, I was looking at boys. That, I mean, I followed Tarts, obviously, he's not that for yeah. 16 to 22. I, I mean, I must be lucky if I missed maybe 10 games of football, probably. I've, I've been all over the world watching Hearts. Um, and it's... It's incredible to walk into a dressing room and see all the boys that was actually there that um, that I'd like had watched in the past. Um, a lot of older boys that were near the end of their career, Harry Currens, Tommy Turners, Peter Davenport's boys that were like proper proper big names in the game. Yeah. Um, so I had to walk into the dressing room was quite. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I've got a really bad memory. I think my, my gambling's probably gave me the worst memory ever, to be honest with you. But <laughs> I, I've got no uh, really great. I've got. I'm lucky enough I've got DVDs and stuff like that from a wee girl and stuff like that to see but I my memory's rubbish but I'll never forget um, playing in the game and I played I played about 65 minutes but I've, I've I mean I've never ever been so tired in my life <laughs> I was absolutely out absolutely breathing at my, my backside to be honest with you um, yeah. and played the game and I can remember coming in after the game I think it was three boys trialling that day and I can remember it was two boys went outside with Paul Stillock outside um, right right outside the main stand um, and we're sitting talking away and then he came back in and he said you want to come outside and speak and we went outside we're only outside about 10 seconds and all this lady lights off it was pretty dark we didn't see him <laughs> and then we went back into the dressing room and he just said listen you've done really well you've got a lot of great attributes there's things that we'd really have to work on especially your fitness and he said um, but obviously you've got things that I think especially pace and stuff like that that would be a great asset to the club would it interest you in coming to play and that, so that was it I went up the Thursday and Went up my mum and dad and we all done bar. They were they were absolutely delighted. I think they were teasing for about six months after that for the money they got. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was it was amazing. And then I got told I wouldn't play for two or three months till I got my fitness levels up. And I think the Friday night, I always tell the story on the Friday night, I was getting ready to go out. I was in a flat in Daltese. I was with a girl that I was with at the time. And I can remember I was in the film and I come out the film and she said, he's a boy, Paul, Paul Sturrock on the phone for you. And I'm like, hi, very good. And I was there to get my medical at... Um, done filming on the Saturday. I was getting my, my medical before the game and meeting all the boys. But obviously, I wasn't got to be playing a part. I mean, I was a million miles, so you got to play a partner. And then Paul Sturrock on the phone, and I says, just tell me to piss off. I says, they're, they're obviously having a laugh and that, whatever. And she's like, no, no, I'm telling you. And I'm like, listen, put the phone down. Put the phone down. Put the phone again. And he said, it's Paul Sturrock. I really need to speak to Kevin. I'm saying, listen, just put the phone down. It's obviously somebody being at a window and somebody being... <laughs> and, and he said, and he said, I'll never forget it. He said, uh, he said, tell him if he doesn't turn up the morning, eh, sorry, if he doesn't answer the phone now, tell him the ball comes for his medical morning. <laughs> I was straight through. I was like, what's what's wrong? What's happening? And he goes, eh, listen, the situation is we're really struggling for a team in the morning and that, whatever. He says, you might be on the bench. Probably no, but you might be on the bench. And he said, I'm just checking that you're not going out. <laughs> I was getting all my gear on and that, ready to go out. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, that was me. I had to, uh, I learned quite quickly that obviously Friday nights were um, not your usual Friday nights. It was, it was learning how to be a, a football player and, I went on the Saturday and I'm sitting in his dressing room and I'm looking at all these boys, Ian Ferguson's, 
um, Alan Preston's boys, obviously, um, boys that obviously have kind of like grown up watching and can kind of been idolised and um, Alan Main and I'm sitting in it and he said the team and I'm thinking to myself, did he actually mention subs? Did he actually mention that? And I thought he's obviously mentioned them, but I'm no party on it because I didn't actually even think then I was going to be. And the last thing he said, he says the boys that are on the bench will be, and I was the last name that come out here. And aye, for there it was, aye, it was. It was, it's been been amazing, eh? It's been some ride. Yeah, it must have been some buzz at the time. Who, who were the main characters then at that time? Oh, there was boys in the dressing room like, um, I mean, Paul Cherry, Alan Preston was a joker, Alan Main was the biggest clown ever. Um, there was a there was a lot of boys, older school boys that were, um, that Grant McMartin, obviously Roddy Grant. I mean, he was an absolute nut job. Um, so I, it was quite, a, it was quite, it was quite funny to go into the dressing room and to be part of, and it was funny because we played the game and after three nothing they were getting beat. So after fifteen twenty minutes we were getting beat three nothing, and I'll never ever forget this as well. Paul, I can remember they lost the first goal and the managers, uh, sorry, John Blackley shouting uh, to Paul Cherry, like they're getting offensive to each other and that gone mental and Paul Cherry starts arguing back them <laughs> and I'm not joking yet John Blackley was an, oh, he was an absolute psychopath um, come in the dressing room at half time and every time John used to go mental he used to shout but he used to spit at the same time and he's, he's right in Paul Cherry's <laughs> face and the spit was over his and I'm like to myself what the God <laughs> get me back to painting man this is mental they were going they were just going like mad eh? and I get not shut his mouth I think John Black, I think, was a bit of, bit of a boy in his time as well. I think he uh, was notorious for being a quite a hard dude, whatever. So, but I went home about half an hour to go. Um, and I actually thought I'd done, I'd done all right, to be honest with you. Um, but it didn't help. The manager comes in after the game and that, whatever. And he's like, uh, comes in and he's like, uh, I, this is this is point to me. This is what it's all about. He he knows what it's like to work. He knows what it's like to work. He says, use lot. He says, I'll take this in the pit and I'll take that. And that's when I start taking all the boys in the pit and all that. <laughs> Right, okay. I goes in Monday morning, and that was it. Oh, here's the gaffer's laddie, and all that. And that stuck in there for there. I was, I sort of, like I wish they hadn't mentioned the hand on the Saturday without me and the gaffer's laddie. So, uh, aye. But for there, I, I, next thing you meet, the place at Murn, I made my debut. Um, I can remember as well, after about 10 minutes, I hit the post. I must have stood for about 30 seconds, thinking to myself, oh, wow, I just hit the post. First division, I just hit the post. Um, and then obviously set Peter Davenport's winner up with a couple of minutes to go. But had a great run, cross in, and he scored with a diving header. So aye, it was that was it for there. It kind of just took off for there. I kind of one of the clubs that I've been at that I was actually kind of liked and got and had a great rapport with the fans. I won my play, I won the play of the year the first year I was there. I was only there for only played about three quarters of the season, but I was I was well liked to be honest with you, which was nice. I know I've heard, I've heard that as well because uh, come on to later on in terms of the other clubs, but yeah. uh, after St Johnson you moved on to Raith Rovers. Aye, that was brilliant. That was uh, some great stories as well. I, I, I stood up at Wee Dargo's best man speech at his wedding and uh, told the story about uh, Jimmy Thompson. I mean, Jimmy Thompson was like desperate to get me. I don't know why he was so desperate to get his in a club, but I mean, he was like desperate. So he's, he's sitting going on and on, this is what you need. And I was like, I had to drive. And he's like, no, don't worry, I'll get somebody. And he goes outside and shouts, Dargo, Dargo. Wee Dargo comes in and he's like, Dargo, he says, listen, I've got to pick you on a new deal, he says, but your new deal, don't worry about the football. All you've got to do is make sure the big man gets to training, <laughs> gets back, he gets the game and he gets back and you've got a future at the club. But I've told the story. He's, uh, and that was it. I went there and he was, I think he was only there for, he was only there a couple of months. I, I seen a right few managers when I was there. Um, 
Tom McLean came in for about two weeks. He went away as well. Ian Monroe was a fantastic guy. He came in. Had a good time there. Had a good rapport with the fans as well, to be honest with you. Um, and Kenny wouldn't have moved um, unless, obviously, I'd spoke to Billy Stark when I went to Mort. And he really uh, opened my eyes up to like things being a wee bit more professional. And um, Ken just... He just had something about him as well. And Frank Connor was an amazing guy when he still was an amazing guy. I still keep in contact with Frank. So, um, so I that was that went to Morton. Um, I can remember actually, I can remember, I'll never forget as well. I can remember sitting saying, um, well, he starts saying he's going me, and I don't know whether he ever, ever meant it. As, I, I think I got an amazement, to be honest with you. He said to me that, um, he says, you know, he says, when you were at St Johnston, he says, Celtic were looking at you and stuff like that. He says, but there was politics behind why um, they never signed you. And I thought, and I've never, ever, I kind of just thought, I didn't know what was to do with my grandma. I, I think people knew back then how bad my, how, how crazy I was away April, away fifth at ball, but I don't care if that's maybe what he meant or what he did me. But he gave me, he made me feel like the, the greatest football player in the world when I went to Morton. He kind of said he's when I was there, and he was like, I don't know why you're signing here. I obviously want you here. He says, but I can't believe you're not playing at such a better level than what you're. So I, so there, went there and lo- loved my time there as well. I got an amazing many people there as well. Um, I've got a good friend that's a Morton fan and he was asking you were there under the, the Hugh, Hugh Scott era aye Hugh Scott was some boy aye um, and he Come was on. kind of saying obviously an kind of interest, interesting kind of time and maybe how was it at that time aye Did listen I, I've had a great problem with the fans I mean I'm always kind of remembered that Morton for we played against Celtic um, and the, it was Mark Viduka's debut I think he scored a great goal but I got money once I was started <laughs> I played pretty well to be fair um, Aye, that's the game he mentioned actually he said he recalls you playing really well against Celtic in the Scottish Cup Viduka scored the first for Celtic that night you aye, beat 3-0 it was um, a great goal aye 3-0 um, but aye it was aye the club the club obviously was in a wee bit of you Scott obviously was not help yourself regards things that was going on I mean a lot of boys paid into into pension things and that whatever and I think he reneged on that or I don't know what he'd honest with me I think he was uh, he just was a aye he was a a unique individual I, I think he, he did have I think he did have like his heart was at Morton to be honest with you but just I don't know I just I think it was maybe he was there maybe a wee bit too long to be honest with you but great set of boys as well the travel there was just phenomenal obviously by that time I was with um, I was back with Keith Wright, Keith was racing me, so he travelled with me Dargo as well. So it was me, um, Keith Wright, Kevin Thomas, who just was the worst eater I've ever, ever seen in my life, to be honest with you. I've never, ever seen anybody eat, even like away from football, I've never seen anybody eat like him. Uh, just I remember seeing seen Kevin Thomas once on a Scotland trip. Because oh, I was watching oh, Germany oh. in Scotland and he was there. Uh-huh. Thinking, oh, I was professional. That's uh, Kevin Thomas, and I can't really do his worth. <laughs> Absolutely blurted, he was out of the game. Aye. <laughs> Aye. He just his eating and drinking habits were just something different. Eh? They were I mean we used to we used to go for Greenock we used to go like past the park and get a chippy and I shouldn't even say that to be honest with you. We did we used to get sorry, we used to go past we used to we used to go past sorry, we were at Battery Park training at Greenock. We used to train there and we trained it we trained at Battery Park. By the time we went past the park, but through um came back past the park where the actual stadium was there was a chip outside the group and Kevin did his like um, bakers and was sitting in chippies he was just, he's, I've never seen anybody eat like a wife he was a human and he was kind of, I mean I was lucky at the time I can't see anything about being the size I'm now but I mean Kevin was just getting bigger and bigger even when he was playing football <laughs> yeah. but he was he was a top boy um, and Paul Fennick fantastic lad good, good player as well big centre half um, Canadian international boy he was 
he was a he was there as well. Ted obviously Keith was a proper legend as well. It was it was good times, really good times. The travel killed a wee bit like but um an amazing club, good people and that as well. And then obviously I went to I went on to um to Motherwell, spoke to Billy Davis and after a couple of minutes of speaking to him and speaking to um the boy Mick Parlin, um, he died actually, which was sad. Um, not that long ago. Um, I, I was obviously hooked on going there, so um, that was a wee opportunity to go and uh, to go and try test yourself, obviously the best level. Eh? Yeah, that must have been an interesting one as well, because what you pl- must have played with like Andy Gorham, John Spencer. I, I mean, I mean, I went there and I can remember, um, I remember that um, when I first went, obviously I had glandular fever as well, so I never went, I never, I missed. Monday, I missed two months of pre-season and I can remember they were playing against Queen's Park and I was actually feeling a bit better and stuff like that. And the manager said, he's listening, you want to come in, come into the dressing room and that, whatever, you can meet the boys and they didn't forget to done all the pre-season and I thought, oh, brilliant, Ken, you've got to go in and meet like all these, as you're saying, all boys that were like, huge, kind of, you know, heroes, but they were all boys in mind that were, um, and it was funny because I walked into the dressing room, never forget, Hamden, never forget, I walked in the dressing room and I hear this wee voice shouting out, Oh no! Here comes fucking Cyrus the virus, uh, and I had always thought, and I thought, my God, who is this John Spencer man? What an absolute maniac! But honestly, one of the funniest, funniest boys I've I've been lucky enough to play football with. To be fair, he was just a he was just a total and utter comedian, um, and that was it. For there, I was in. I was obviously done a wee. I done pre season mostly on my own. I think the boys had already started the season and stuff like that as well because. Um, I was uh, I was obviously limited. I was seeing a doc all the time that as well to make sure Hundred Fever was cut a, a big thing as well. Yeah. Taking the more you take out yourself, the more it can. So I, I was kind of monitored and um, I think I waited till October and the manager had said to he's about playing. I played I played maybe thirty minutes against Aberdeen, which was a I can't remember. It's got seven six or six five or something. Aye, aye, that was my first game. Um, and it's just crazy the score's going up and I think to myself Jim Leighton's in one goal and Andy Gorham's in the other goal it was like, <laughs> can you believe it um, and, he, and I can remember that was, a, that was the Wednesday night no sorry that was a Saturday actually and then on the Wednesday night we're playing against Celtic and Willie pulled his in manager pulled his in and said would you like to start um, against Celtic obviously what you in the team the team was really struggling at the time um, and I played and I scored and we won one nothing believe it or not so it was that's another memory that um, I'll cherish forever. So, one yeah. night we got absolutely battered as well. Oh, what a scudding we got! I uh, obviously at that time as well at Motherwell, there was kind of the problems off the pitch. John Boyle was there, obviously the whole administration thing, and I believe, well, by all accounts, there was kind of silly contracts getting thrown about all over the place. Was it difficult as a player in that period? Nah, I, I, Ken, I was, I was just, I mean, obviously. I was punting my brains out there. I was doing some really stupid things as well. By that point, I was making more money and I'd signed a really good deal as well. Nah, I just, I was kinny, I was kinny, I was away with it. I was your kinny, like, modern-day Frank McAvenny. I was out carrying on with millions of birds at night and I was just, I, I never lived like a football player. I was just a, and a lot of people would probably say, I never changed when I played football. I was a really nice guy and I would do anything about it, which I would, and I would kind of group my road to make sure people got tickets and do anything I could to, but if, obviously, looking back, if, if you had the opportunities to, I mean, there was opportunities there to kind of wee bit of coaching and doing loads of things that, I mean, I was well loved at the club, kind of got really well at the club as well. But I just, I never loved the way I probably should have 
Um, but yeah. no, nah, I mean the boys there, the boys there were. It didn't matter to me that boys were on ten and twenty or ten grand. Andy Gorham was seemingly on ten grand a week, and John Spence was on twelve grand a week. And I didn't, I didn't care about that. The boys all took me in, and the boys all kind of looked after me, which was nice. The manager was amazing with my mum and dad, and that as well. He he made sure that they were well looked after, and I he, he was a he was a lovely guy, Billy Davis. Um, and as I said, there's there's mate, uh, when you come out of football, and you kind of get to see the people that have kind of tried to help you and support you and support your family and. He was a he was a legend to me. He was a great guy. I, I still yeah. speak to Billy. I still speak to Billy. He's um, he's an amazing guy. Um, it's the same with Billy Stark as well. Billy Stark was a, an amazing manager as well. I've been lucky, um, but I, I never cared. I never cared about what, what kind of um, money and that they were on. They were just all. By that time, I was kind of earning my right a wee bit to be kind of amongst them and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, going to be scoring at Parkhead, and then on the Saturday. <coughs> I scored against Kilmarnock as well. I scored a good goal against Kilmarnock as well. So I kind of hit the ground running when I got playing. I think that's what kind of endeared me to the, to the supporters. And, um, but I some great characters, some great players as well. Like boys, obviously, in our time of playing were um, great players. Jed Brannan, um, Lee McCullough was a really good player. Um, but there was Steve McMullen, boy played left back, went away to Wigan as well. Went away and tested themselves down in England. Um you had McFadden and Pearson coming through as well. Aye, Fadden was just a young kid, man, but he was, you could obviously tell when he was training and stuff like that how good he was. Um, he was a really, really, really nice lad as well. Um, I got really well with Fadden. And Piero was a good lad as well, just probably the thinnest, least body fat I've ever seen in a person in my life, like a scale, to be fair. Um, <laughs> and he's, to be honest with you, he was, <laughs> he's not well for himself when it comes to women and stuff like that as well. Aye, <laughs> uh, he's, he was a really nice lad as well. Hamill, Stevie Hamill as well. Good laddie. Really good player as well. Really rated him and I didn't know how he's ever probably never ever came went on and done better than what he'd done. He's, he's, he's obviously still at Mother of the coaching and stuff like that. He's a great lad. But as a player, he was a uh, he was a top player. John Spencer, Don Goodman. Hi, had some unbelievable times. And I've had these boys at my wedding as well, which was nice. Don took the time to the goalie game. So it was nice to... Uh, it was nice to... Kennedy still and I'm still in contact with the boys as well which is nice um, as I said it's not until you come out of football that you realise kind of lucky you work you're playing with some wonderful players and you know what I'll be lucky as well because I wouldn't think there's many fit, many people in Scottish football get the opportunities to play against the teams and the players that I've played against um, yeah. kind of like your Gazas Loudrops the Canyos Cadets kind of just all boys that in Scottish football I mean you don't really see many you'll never kind of get to see the kind of times again eh, where they were spending ridiculous money um, at all these big clubs and um, so I was kind of fortunate getting to play as I said against those people we played up against some fantastic people I can remember making my debut with racing in the Premier League and I can remember Brian Lowdrop playing against who I thought was a good big big boy David Craig that played centre half but the gaffer I've done playing at left back and my word I've never seen anybody I've never seen anybody get a bigger doing in all my life I think they had just cocks through him out the ground after the game he got Brian Lowdrop <laughs> Twisted me and him inside out for, for about ninety minutes. He was just players were that were kind of were just phenomenal. The canyons as well used to go down the wing and it looks if he's got to cross the ball and you jump in pretending to be a wake cutting inside you and just talented 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 Larson, um Van Hoydong, just boys that aye, very, very fortunate to get to get to play against all these boys. Yeah, got a Motherwell fan that had asked a few questions, so one of them maybe have a cheeky bit. He was he asked, did John Davis only got a game because he was Billy's brother? <laughs> <laughs> Do 
John, John, I tell you, John was. Uh, I, I, I got on really well with John. To be fair, I was um, really nice lad. He was. Uh, I actually, I rate, I like especially in training and stuff. I actually thought he was. Uh, I actually thought he was a decent player. He worked hard, but he was. He was renowned, obviously, of playing in the lower leagues and um, Ken Denny's bit in lower leagues. And I think, obviously, it doesn't help when you're you're um, related to the to the manager, but. No, I rated John to be fair. I thought he was a decent player. I don't know about obviously if I'm playing in the Premier League every week, but um, who would I be to judge John Davis? Really nice lad away for football. So tried to help me yeah. loads as well. Uh, yeah. he started my gamble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always believe him. Uh, he asked as well, what was your favourite pub in Motherwell? Oh, that was I mean I had a season ticket for Hamilton Palace. Eh? I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> Hamilton was, Palace, aye. Aye, everyone knows about that. Red red reputation red. wise. Red carpet coming for his every weekend. I was in there. We were in there Monday nights and everything for reserve games and everything. Just madness. That's what I'm saying. You're I playing like when you were playing first team games, you're coming back, you've gone there. It used to be called like the NHS night. It was fully like ambulance folk, police folk, and nurses and all that. It was heaving. Um, so I we had we had a wee season book for in there. So I uh, the, the palace was obviously at Motherwell at the time. Motherwell seems now there's a few nice bars in Motherwell. Motherwell had no nice bars, not say no nice bars, but it never had. Um, I mean, even going through now, and I've been through obviously to see a few of the boys and stuff like that. You go into an electric bar, electric bars all beautiful. It was never the way it was when I was through there. I mean, you'd be fair to go in there now. Nowadays, it's it's a lovely bar to go into and that as well. So uh, it's changed a wee bit over time, Motherwell, but. Um, hi, I was I was probably more renowned at Motherwell for my nights out the mall than I was in the football park. <laughs> Mind you, you played your most games at Motherwell. Aye, I mean, they have my, my, obviously when I'm looking at results on a Saturday night, I forgot to be honest with you, I look at a Motherwell result before I look at anybody's. I know obviously I'm still really friendly with Keith Lastly, so it's nice to see him and um, Robo doing really well as well. Um, so I, I mean, I, I love my time at Motherwell, I really did. It just... I mean, I never have any regrets about none I've ever done in my career at any day in life, to be honest with you. I'm very fortunate to have what I've got and what I've done. Um, but I, I could have gave probably a lot more to... I, I'll never I'll never probably believe what I've done in my career, to be honest with you, for the way I live my life. But I've never lived my life in a great manner. So to have what I've done was in, was incredible, either a miracle or just pot luck. Yeah. Um, the other thing he asked as well was in terms of the East Standard, but I was obviously notorious for giving it tight to the players when you're on the pitch there can you hear much of that or oh, does that affect oh, you aye. Aye, especially when they bang, obviously you're in that corner with the segregation is with the banging and drumming or I used to like, I was playing I was a winger obviously so I was always up doing the side eh? so if you were doing pretty well it was brilliant I mean they were right on your back and you were buzzing I mean if you're ever having a nightmare it wouldn't be the greatest place to be because most clubs you go to I mean Hertz most Ficklers fans ever Hibs fans most Ficklers fans ever Motherwell fans to be fair they were, they were probably Obviously, it's a wee bit easier for us because I've done well there, but they were, I they kind of gave you mere leeway, I think, and it's maybe just because of that bigger club syndrome that you go, obviously, to Hearts and to Hibs. And I never thought going from Motherwell to Hearts was a big move. I just kind of thought it was a move sideways, but it's known for you actually go to the clubs that you actually realise that you live in a fishbowl. I mean, I couldn't yeah. even imagine what it's like for people that play in Celtic and Rangers and things like that, but I, it's, I, I mean, as I said, I, I love the fans here. I mean, I got treated really well. Um, I won a couple of, couple of the awards there as well. So I, I love my time there. And as I said, the one club that I would look for first and foremost on a Saturday. I mean, I loved all my clubs. I was at. I mean, probably apart from Hearts because of how garbage my time is there. But I mean, I've watched them all in the world. That's what's probably me a sickening now and have now that I have nay. I mean, I'm, it doesn't really bother. I didn't get it wrong. I liked Craig Levine as well. He obviously signed me. 
So kind of, I would have liked to have seen him doing well when he was there. But now it just had to, I don't really care now, to be honest with you. It's one of the ones that when you come away from a club and you kind of got treated, know the way that you would like to have been treated. Um, and things never kind of went the way they went. And I didn't help myself, obviously, for the way I was living my life out with the football. But ah, I just left me away a wee bit a sore taste of him, if to be honest with you. See, at the time when you found out, obviously, being a Hearts fan growing up and knowing the Hearts were interested, how did that feel? Or, or did that kind of, oh, by the time I mean, you that... played for our clubs, did that kind of not been as big a deal? Nah, see the see the thing is as well. I was linked to Hearts a million times. See Jim Jeffries. I still I see I see the jet now, and like I've seen him at golf a few times as well. And we're sitting laughing, joking about the amount of times I was linked to Hearts was phenomenal, especially with Jim Jeffries. So it's always been there. The links have always been there. But I mean, when I when I before I signed the Hearts, I had the opportunity. I went down to Sheffield United. I spoke to Neil Warnock. I, I spoke to Kevin Blackwell. We went out for dinner with our wives and that as well. My agent came down the next again day. I stayed in a hotel. My agent came down the next again day. I mean, I worked out a deal at Sheffield United for three years, a year option as well. That was phenomenal money. Phenomenal money. Yet I signed with Hertz for a year with a year option with shite money. Just, I, 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 to be honest with you, it just shows, I mean, I'm a family boy anyway. I'm the most family-orientated boy ever. Yet when you're gambling and you're doing the things that you're not meant to be doing and you put, like, gambling in one hand, family in the other... Gambling's always going to win, but I still had that wee bit about me where my nana was dying at the time as well, when I was so, so close to my nana. Um, and I thought, if I go away, I'm kind of never going to get to see her, or I'm never really going to get to see much more, because I never, I knew she never had much more time left than I was making my decision. Today. But probably in the back of my mind, I was going to help, say it was the greatest, it was a dream, it was... But I never went there like it was a dream, whereas it should have been like that. Yeah. I, just, I just, I went there, and I went there maybe for the wrong reasons. If I'd been if I'd been anywhere normal or sane, or have they been in a, have they been at Sheffield United for sure? I've never met a boy like Neil Warnock as well. Neil Warnock took me onto the track outside the tunnel, and he spoke to me. And I would say, and all the people that have been lucky enough to have been run about or have spoken to him, I think there, there's nobody, and nobody would get anywhere near him for making me feel like, oh my word, he had me sitting there. I, I wanted to get a ball on a strip on. He was. Aye. It, oh, he was incredible. He was, he was saying, you know, I can see them. I can see them behind that goal. That goal was famous behind that goal. I can see them screaming your name. They love wingers. They love boys. You go, you're going to be loved here. You're going to be. And I'm sitting there with hairs on the back of my neck. I'm thinking, this is coming from the warm-up day. Yeah, and I, and I kind of told him I was going to sign, and I kind of, I kind of let him do it. Kind of already organised a deal. Great money as well. Kind of great getting the year option. It was my option as well. I went to Hertz option, wasn't it, my year? Um, so I just it was insane money wise as well. I mean it was it was over double the money I was getting offered when I went in there as well. It was just ridiculous money, relocation money. He just was going to his road to sign me because I was going in there as kind of like a bigger signing for him and that as well. And he thought that it was worth taking the opportunity to take that risk to get his dinner. there. And I kind of yeah. shut on him a wee bit to to be honest with you because I, I kind of gave him a word that I was going there and then ended up coming up here. And I went and spoke to Craig and I could, I can remember even speaking to Craig and that as well and saying to him. Listen, I'm being offered all that money in there, and he's like, "Well, listen, this is the money. It's here for you, and it'll all change." And kind of you got a wee bit of banter, and you try to get. There was no movement. There was no, it wasn't as if. I mean, I came up Craig seen he's gone there and been a, a big signing for Hearts, but I don't know. It just it kind of kind of never felt like that at the time. But obviously, I signed there, and um, I I started off badly and gradually got worse. Yeah, yeah what was Craig Levine like? Because obviously, in the media and stuff like that, his persona comes across as being maybe a bit. 
don't know, maybe a bit standoffish in terms of difficult to get on with. Was he all right with you, or what's um, it like? I would, I would say, if I was explaining anybody to Craig, I would say that. I would say that if you're playing and you're and your party is like eleven boys, I would say he's absolutely wonderful. I would say, and listen, I'm only talking about from what I've learned through the years. Okay, even the wee bits of shots after the management, you try to take a wee bit of what everybody's got. And Craig was amazing with the boys. He was an amazing guy as well. I got him, I got him really well with him. Um, but I just found that the boys that weren't playing, he kind of he kind of had no interest in the boys that weren't playing and. And I, I can't think in football, you need to make sure, especially nowadays, that you've got to make sure that everybody's part of that big um, big family unit that's gone forward together because you need everybody to fit the club because at times you're not going to have that same eleven or Craig yeah. had a lot of players when I was there. But you've got to realise a lot of these players get you injured or they get and you, you do have to bring in players that are... So I, I kind of found them a wee bit standoffish with the rest of the boys that were on the plane. But with the boys that were playing, I was absolutely wonderful. Treated them like, I mean, Elvis and things like that, Stephen Presley. Treated them like, he's just walked about doing what he wanted to, to be honest with you. He's a great lad as well, really nice guy. Um, not like your typical football player. But I'll tell you, the one thing I would tell you about Craig Levine, I tell everybody this, and I don't know whether it's a, no, it's a, but I mean, I watched Craig Levine. I, I watched, I was at the game with Rafe. I, I was a fanatic, I was at every game. I watched the game where Graham Ogg hit him, and he never even moved, and Craig hit him back, and that was it, the game where he was stretched off it. Oh, I remember that, aye. It's funny listening to people on the street and stuff like that, sitting talking the way they do about Craig and sitting talking. I'll tell you, you will never, I, I don't care about any manager in the Premier League, you'll never meet a harder guy than Craig Levine. Absolutely. I've, I've seen a wee bit of wrath as well, where the boys in a dressing room, we've been over in Finland as well at a pre season, um, pre season in Finland. In the first game of pre season, it was a. Um, we were playing against a. They weren't an amateur team, but they were like an amateur team. It was only the first game. Getting beat one one and a half time, and he come in after the game. Um, no, sorry, during the game, and the big boy Kevin McKenna he was obviously gone off in one. He was gone mental. The boys had only just got it. Only done a wee bit of pre-season, and all of a sudden, Ken, you're getting the, the raffy. But my God, um, Kev started obviously chatting back, and that was it, man. The gaffer went for him, and my word, he's a. You ought to see him hitting a speed ball and things like. He's a hard, hard, and, and it's funny because you hear so many people. Having a go at him and having a, I'd like to see somebody standing in front of him and having a go at him. But you certainly wouldn't be fancy. Michael Stewart. <laughs> oh, oh mate, I, that, I laugh at that day because I've obviously had questions fired at me in regards to that early years as well. But oh my word, that's that would be honestly the biggest mismatch. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't even. I mean, Michael Stewart, come on. It's just, <laughs> uh, nah, he's he's a hard, hard, hard guy. But as I said, sign me, looked after him and stuff like that. But Aye, uh, he's he's got a lot of qualities. The bo- the boys the boys that were all playing, as I said, really like them. But I think nowadays it's about making sure that everybody's everybody's uh, you're all going the one direction, not just a certain amount of individuals. Yeah. Which I thought maybe that would have been his downfall. Aye, uh, the Hearts fan mentioned as well that your time that you were there that season, two of his favourite derby wins ever. So you made your debut in the five one win at Tincastle. Aye, five one aye, and then we obviously won at Easter Road the two one game and full stamp scores. I was yep, three quarters yeah. way the I was three quarters way the back of the stand. I'll never ever forget that. Never. I mean, I jumped. I jumped halfway up the stand. Never. You can see that. I, I was the last out the grip. You can see on the telly. If you ever watch that game, you ever watch full stamps goal. Look at the last number that comes out of the fans. I was in the fans. I was away in. I was away in diving away <laughs> and jumping amongst them. That come out last out. Aye, just phenomenal. We Neil Janchik come off the bench and changed the game. Eh? It was uh, aye phenomenal. Um, and as I said, Mark DeVries as well. I Mark, Mark was 
some boy, brilliant boy as well. Still keep in contact with him. Terry, really nice guy. Genuinely nice big, nice big fella, and was a was a great um, signing for Hearts as well. I so they were the two big games where Hearts done they done really well. But did I regret? I regret that it didn't work out at Hearts as well as you'd have liked. Well, obviously, kind of, I, I went there and kind of. I mean, I obviously, obviously, you want to do really well, and you want to, uh, you want to. To 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 Daniel Tiro's eh? You want to do really well, but I don't know. I just forgone there. It just kind of started kind of flat, and then it just kind of. And then I mean, I had a huge operation when I was at Hearts Day, which not even many people know about. No, I mean, I, had, I broke my neck. I've got pins and screws and a cage in the back of my neck. Six hours neurosurgery, um, which not many people know about. To be fair, it wasn't kind of made. It was like kind of just brushed under the carpet, and I mean, I had kind of had the the physio. Who just was incredible. Um, I, I think, to be honest with you, it hurts when I was there. It was like the physio was the manager. He used to walk about. I think he was the. Um, he used to he used to walk about. I think he was the manager. He used to speak to people as if he was a manager too. Just a different individual to what I'd ever experienced. To be honest with you, um, and he kept telling me I'd obviously got uh, on the Saturday after the game. I went to the the hospital and got X-rays, and the X-rays never showed anything that whatever. Went back to the on the Saturday night at the phone. I'm saying, listen, um, I'm I'm sore. My my neck seems like listen, neck trays. He used to think he knew more than what he ever knew. To be honest, we just it was it was the Jackie old trades. Um, yeah. And he, and he said to us that no, David should be just an X-ray. I'll be fine. They were in. They were in. And the Sunday, I mean, I couldn't move. I was in absolute mortal agony. Had to go back up to the hospital, got a CT scan, and I obviously got told that I'd broke my neck. And he was trying to tell me it was whiplash and stuff like that. So he tried to have me doing, he tried to have me doing muscle exercises and all that the Sunday morning. I couldn't move. I was an absolute mortal agony. So I even even just he was he was a big part of the club as well. The physio Ken, a lot of people probably liked him. A lot of younger kids didn't like him either. Ken, just his manner and the way you wouldn't get away with probably half things that Ken you would have got away with nowadays. So. I yeah. no one my, no one of my favourite people but see at that point did you then think that your kind of senior career was coming to an end towards an end or nah 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 to be fair it was at an end anyway to be honest with you I think my gambling was catching up with as well it was more about um, where I was going in life rather than where I was going in football to be honest so I went obviously to St Mirren um, I didn't care how I got that opportunity but I mean the track he saved after maybe a couple of days I knew right away that my, my my body for the travelling was just, especially with my neck. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, always say when you get you have neurosurgery, you always always end up with a thing called neurosis, and it affects other parts of your body. The bottom of my back, I couldn't move. I was getting in the car, couldn't move. So I mean, I went there. I never done nothing when I was there. I at the moment, I went there. I kind of helped John Coughlin do a wee bit of um, stuff at the park and stuff like that. Rather than playing, it was mere about um, kind of helping him. John's a, a fantastic guy, really nice lad. Um, so I, I was wasting time going there. To be fair, I kind of, kind of looking back, kind of even the boy Stuart, the boy Stuart Gumbel was a really nice guy. I kind of, I shot all over the table. Honestly, I should never have went there. I should have obviously had myself fixed out then. But it was another opportunity to go there and be able to get the money I needed to give him a fix eh, for my gambling. Yeah, and then you finished up back in the juniors with Pennycook. Aye, to be honest, I went there. Christ, I was there about two weeks, man. I, it was I, I I was meant to be getting I think I was meant to be getting six thousand pound or something from and everybody thought I took money off them like six thousand pound and left them and I think I got a thousand quid or something. I only played a few games to be fair, but as I said, it wasn't 
I mean, Wally McGinley, and I still love an amazing relationship with Wally McGinley. Now, he, he signed, obviously, there. It was a massive coup for them and that, whatever. He was going out his road to the inning for me, and I was only ever going there to get some money off him, and it was to do the long things with whatever, and I had no interest in football at that point, no interest whatsoever. Yeah. And they're, a, they're an amazing club as well, good club, good people. Um, I've got some other questions for you, but I'm conscious of the fact, because I hasn't had much time to chat, but it's been... Brilliant listening oh, to your all your stories. That's been brilliant. <laughs> Aye, it's brilliant. No, like, see, just listening to all your stories, it's brilliant. That's what oh. I love when we get a guest on and just kind of focusing on it. And uh, you just you get to hear different things that you wouldn't normally get when it's just the regulars on that haven't played the yeah. game. So, uh, can I ask, you get any kind of questions and stuff like that you want to kind of ask? Oh, I'm, I'm cool because I've, I've got nothing to add to this. I mean, like, you may as well let the guy can actually score at Celtic Park Talk. <laughs> aye, but aye. Um, so we've got a few a few questions then that we've had from various yeah. kind of sources. Some yeah. football, some non-football. Yes. Best goal scored? Um, best goal scored... Well, obviously being a, being a jambo back in the day, I've scored a few against Hibstead on us, which were... I don't think they were the greatest of goals, but I think obviously the the opportunity to, to score against somebody who can obviously have that relationship with being a jambo was... But my goal at Pampton, you'll never beat. It's a good finish as well, to be honest with you. I actually felt like saying it, Jonathan Gill. You'd as well try to get that on the way out because you're not getting on the way in. <laughs> so, good finish right at the top bin. Um, and then obviously over to about 80 Motherwell fans that was in amongst the 62,000. Aye, it was good. So I'd probably say my Motherwell goal. Although, to be honest, my best goal, obviously the one that I've scored with against, been against Kilmarnock, that was a, a great finish on the Saturday. Kenny overheed, Kenny kick. So if it was for the goal, it would be Kilmarnock. But for something that my wee, my wee daughter can see in years to come scoring it, because I don't think she ever believes in my football player and sees the side. <laughs> uh, career highlight? Um, career highlight, well, obviously I would have to say it would be signing for Hearts because it was, but now I've just been given the opportunity probably at St Johnston to be my career highlight, just obviously getting to, I mean, there's so many amazing football players. I mean, at 16, I had the opportunity to sign my Habs when I was 16 year old, but I didn't want to sign, I didn't want to play football because I didn't want to sign my Habs. I mean, I mean, I had the boy. I had the boy come back to my door. That never happens in football. You get other one opportunity, you take it. You're bin. That's. I mean, I had, I had a boy come to my door. Boy, um, that his laddie actually played. His lad Paul McGovern played. I had Ben McGovern. I had him come to my door all the time for the same Habs, and it was the opportunity. But now I went to watch Hertz for years and years. I became a painter after about two weeks of being an apprentice painter. I said to myself, "What am I actually doing here? <laughs> Playing football?" Um, so I. I mean, getting the opportunities to play football was, it was a dream come true, so I would say that'd be the highlight. Uh, best manager you played under? I've been very fortunate, to be honest with you. I mean, Billy Stark, Billy Davis, Paul Sturrock was brilliant as well. Um, I, I've been lucky, as I said, you know, lovely, lovely guy with the football as well. Probably the most knowledgeable boy, Billy Davis. Phenomenal insight into football. Even when, when I stopped, when, obviously when he left Motherwell, he was he was bringing the things that came in two three years later. He had dietitians and he had kind all these different people. Um, kind of, he had like all your heart getting monitored and getting all these kind of machines put on you. Like what the football players have modern day now. He was kind yeah. of he was kind of I he was kind of a, philosopher, <laughs> a philosopher, a philosopher, um, all that kind of stuff. He liked all that kind of. But but I tell you, for getting the, the best of the boys, oh Billy Davis, Billy Davis is an absolute legend. Man. He knew how to. He's now to make you like tick. He, he had that quality that I mean, I was the most probably the most inconsistent player in the world. <laughs> I mean, I, I've I've heard managers saying to me coming in, kind of like one week to the next, coming in and saying, 
get like the greatest reviews in the world one meeting and come in the next day and meet Billy Davis and me, is, is it your brother or your bro? Is it your brother playing today? I'm like, my brother, what are you talking about? <laughs> Just, yeah. I, I, so I, he, he knew how to, how to make you tick, but he had a great, he had a great, uh, a great insight into the game and how the game was changing. He, he knew, he knew a lot about that. So I would say, I would say it would be Billy Davis. Uh, Favourite teammate? Oh, I've had so many brilliant teammates, man. I've, I mean, Andy Dow, when I was at Motherwell, was just, he was a legend. He's, he, and uh, obviously my best football, my best football partner, my best partner, the best man at my wedding was Wee Dargo. Um, Craig Dargo was, and still is, is a hero, hero in me. I love Wee Dargo. Um, phenomenal football player, phenomenal lad. And I mean, he's seen me through the carnage that I've caused. Um, Ken, away for football and all that as well. And he's always been there to support me and, and uh, never ever, never ever let the things I've done in life can he change uh, change his views on me. And I, night shoot, my word, me and him have had some wonderful, wonderful holidays and night shoot <laughs> as well. But football teammate, I, Dargo was Ted Keith Wright, amazing guy, absolutely amazing guy, great player, wonderful, wonderful family guy as well. Which obviously being a bit older now and kind of getting to see what family that I brought. So I've been lucky. I've been very fortunate. There's millions to be fair. I can make Don Goodman. Just Pete Andy Gore, I, must, I mean, I still keep in contact with the goalie now. The goalie's just a wonderful, wonderful person as well. Obviously, people have this persona in him, and you become protective of all these people. Take him, you hear people sitting talking about them and what they're doing and what they shouldn't be doing with the football. And, ah, he's just, I mean, if you could do anything for anybody with that, it's just, but as I say, there's too many to mention. I've been very, very fortunate. Oh, I think that's the thing as well with football. People forget that if the, pers- the personality of someone has a footballer doesn't mean that's a personality as a person. Well, they, well, the, the biggest thing with everybody, I mean, Scott Brown, Scott Brown's like on a park, he's just like, I mean, but away from football, Scott Brown would be absolutely, I mean, I've been lucky enough to get to know Scott and get kind of a lot of stuff for charity or from Tain. Absolute legend, a boy. Brilliant boy. Would do absolute anything for anybody as well, yet you would see people calling him. And I, and I know what it's like, I've been a football fan, so I'd be calling him a, like a ball bag and everything you want to call him. Especially when, when he's playing, when he's playing you, know, you know, I mean, you'd, you'd be, I mean, if you're not a fit up or you're not and you're a fan, whatever, you'd be devastated watching him. You'd be, what is, battle up in the streets, but see how we fit football. They're just, fit. He, he is, he's probably your biggest Jekyll and Hyde, but probably with football, with football, obviously, you see what you've seen him away from football, just an absolute gentleman, probably, yeah. like, really nice guy, family boy, um, so I, it's, it's funny because when you play, can I, I mean, even when I watched Hearts all the time as well, I mean, Scott, John Robertson was obviously everybody's hero at Hearts. He was never my, well, he was my hero to be fair, but my bigger hero was Scott Crabbe because nobody ever spoke about Scott Crabbe. It was all John Robertson. Oh, John Robertson. So I loved Crabbe. And, I mean, I've been lucky enough to get to Kenny's boys now and, and, and could sit and have a conversation with them. And can, it's nice for these kind of people to, uh, who are my heroes, for to uh, take the time to, um, to know them so I, I've been very fortunate I couldn't I, we Dargo would have to be because he's my best man at my wedding and, um, uh, he's just a wee legend there boy um, best dressing room prank that you've seen or maybe even done yourself best you pranks prank. yourself or were you not I, I was I was I was I, I was a I was a comedy I mean, I mean if you ask like boys like Faddy and all that whatever I, I was a I was a I was a class clown when I was playing football, like to be fair. But I think in my first few years, I wasn't because obviously I was coming from being a painter and a St. Johnston dressing room, it was fully. But the mere time went on, uh, my Morton days as well, you know, all these boys would see me as being a bit of a bummer, like carrying on in nightclubs and uh, loads of shenanigans. And, but I, uh, 
I've I've seen a few. I mean, John Spencer was king of the pants. Like he was, uh, uh, he he was he was just. <laughs> I could tell you a few about him. I've got jailed for all. He was. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's he's done a few. He's done a few that I thought were right off the charts. I mean, I've seen him in a, in a been putting a polar scar at the ground and all that as well. From the instead of just mental, <laughs> absolutely, he is. He used to come in as well. He used to give like Betty, the woman. Obviously, she's Betty Pride to the as the kit man Alan um his mum stuff she died she was um, oh loveless loveless person I've ever met my fuck up here. She was an amazing woman. But we spent used to go on a different watch every day and she used to put it in the safe for him. And I'm I, I used to watch him take all these watches. <laughs> he used to come in with his watches with all 10, 20 grand watches. I went oh, that was a different world altogether. But <laughs> he was he was a typical wee Glasgow widow. Oh some of his banter and all that as well was it was just uh, I can remember playing it. I can remember playing at Park TK. Probably one of the funniest things I've ever heard in a football, football park. I heard uh, we were playing and um, Chris Sutton, Chris Sutton went and brought down uh, Stephen McMullen and Stephen McMullen's all about the green there, and uh, he's all about and he's, he's kind of laughing and joking, but rolling about and so he's got up and he's sitting up in the banter back and forth, and back and forth, back, back, back and forth, constant banter. Everybody's kind of poor, less pissing us and laughing. It's during the game as well. And the last thing Chris Sutton says to him was the way back to your uh, council house in your box of laughter. All the boys were poor, less. <laughs> just right from nowhere to from nowhere. You know, it just was like, just respect that comment. It was just, it was so big time, but it was so brilliant. That like everybody just kind of was like, shaky hand. That was good, like, really good. So, ah, uh, I've heard some funny things, but, ah, uh, uh, on the football side, I, we, we, we uh, John Spencer, he'll never be kind of, he was just a different world. Eh? Um, and it, seeing as it's the time for, it's Christmas time, best Christmas party that you've been at football? <sighs> I'm probably never remembered any of my Christmas parties. <laughs> um, that's when I probably came into my own, was when the night suit were on. Like, I was a social convener at the club I've been at, um, which probably realised my football career never lasted as long as it did. Um, I have had a few, I had a few to be honest with you. Had a couple at Motherwell that were legendary to be fair, but I they probably better kept for the um for, for the boys in the dressing room. <laughs> We'd get folks separated and everything. But nah, I've had a few good teammates out, I Yeah, favourite Christmas song. Favourite Christmas song? I was sitting talking to Mark the boy at Watch Me today, um about that actually. Uh, probably the Pogue. Aye, good choice. Aye, probably. Probably. Um, probably. It's not probably. he's seventeen. He's seventeen oh, now. By the way, absolute legendary. I, mean, I, I am, I am boy band. I've been to see Backstreet. I'm probably. Oh, have you? Oh, I've here been to see Backstreet Boys. I've been to see Westlife. Take that more times than I think you can. So I've been everywhere to watch some. I've been to see Backstreet Boys in Newcastle. That's how bad it is. He's aye. seventeen. Absolutely loved his seventeen. And oh, by the way, I loved the song as well. Loved it. So aye, that I, that would be at there. school. I would have been in secondary school, must have been in like third year, fourth year, you know, where you're obviously at school, you're trying to be cool and all that type of thing, uh-huh. but I, I used to listen to you 17, never oh, told your male pals, there's no way you told your male pals, but I, I don't uh, like you I'll tell you, I'll just enough funny thing as well, I can remember travelling up to, take that one massive at the time, travelling up to um, St Johnston, Roddy signed, Roddy Grant signed, and we, we'd been travelling for about three, four weeks before Roddy actually was there, and we're listening, to, you're, you're listening to stuff on the radio, and I, I'm saying I'm in the car and I'm saying take that's coming. I'm saying I take that legendary now. I've done biscuits. Alan Preston, Grant McMartin, um, Biggie and Ferguson. They've been absolutely hammering me. Absolutely hammering me. But 
typical typical painter. Can your set list of that shit and all that and and, and can boy bands and is that what you're all boy bands and all that and four weeks later maniac maniac Roddy Grant comes in the car, we'll travel up Roddy's car and he's got to take that bottom in the car and go see that He's an absolute nutter by the way, he was mental. Absolutely off oh, hard as nails. Jeez, he was so it was quite funny I he come in and I love I'm a boy band lover to be honest. We have got that on my I've, my music range is kind of bizarre. I mean, I can listen to, I used to listen to Wee Dargo, listen to Daft, like mad techno music, but I, I didn't quite like it and stuff like that. And then, I mean, it's I think as well, though, the 90s, growing up in the 90s, there was so much different music. Uh, at all sorts in the 90s. Definitely. I mean, I've your indie bands, your dance bands. I, I remember queuing up for tickets for Oasis, uh, old HMV or Virgin, whatever it was. Uh-huh. And we were queued up, queued up for about 12 hours, and folk were coming out the tunnel and all sorts. And there was just kind of good banter going between all the kind of indie fans and dance fans. But then maybe kind uh-huh. of that's a few nights later, you'd be in the, the dance uh, clubs or whatever like that. You just, everything going in was a pop. 90s music was just brilliant, though. Uh, yeah, that's, that's my, that's my, when I'm on a jukebox or that, whatever, that's my. 80s, 90s was my, uh, so I, my, my music genres, I mean, I can listen to dance music, yeah, I can sit and listen to Rick Astley, John Cicada, Michael Bolton, all of them, I'm just, a, I'm a bit, I don't know, I'm probably not right. Like all sorts. Aye, 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 I'm just. Uh, Favourite Christmas movie? Um, probably Home Alone. Aye, classic, yep. Um, my favourite there's, there's probably there, to be fair, I mean. No, there's, there's, there's. I'm, I'm really bad, by the way, for romantic comedies as well. Eh? So, love actually and all that. I mean, I'm into all that as well. So, oh, my uh, wife loves that. Oh, you love those, that. It's a good film, to be fair. It's a good film. Fifty First Dates. Oh, I'm into all the, that the as bizarre well. films. Eh? Um, so we kind of touched upon earlier in terms of the kind of book side of things um, that yep. you've drawn. You've obviously you've kind of touched on the kind of gambling side of things. Yep. So there's a question that will maybe kind of lead us into this. Yes. Uh, from I don't know whether you've kind of followed much uh, a guy that we've had on the podcast a few times this season, Aaron Connolly, that plays for Fulham United. Uh, aye. I've actually got, I've got him coming to I've got him coming to a talk after the year. Aye. He's he's a fantastic lad. I'm really friendly with him because he obviously John Connolly as well. Jason yeah. Faulty, a lovely, lovely, genuinely lovely lad, and uh, I, I kind of took him under my wing when he was at Marlborough as well. Goalkeeper, great lad, great goalkeeper as well, great young kid at, at the time, and uh, it's nice to see him doing really well now, but obviously it's nice to see the kind of things that they're doing away from football, that they're helping so many people as well. Eh? Boy, Aaron Connolly's story's phenomenal. phenomenal. Oh, yeah, it's like, he was on the podcast, the first time he was on the podcast, I think I was on holiday, um, so I was by the pool listening to the podcast, it was that way, trying to hold back the tears, listening to the story, it was... The most hard, one of the most harrowing things I've heard in terms of just, uh, it was kind of crazy, but he, he kind of mentioned in terms of obviously the kind of side of mental health side of things and different things, and one yeah. of the biggest kind of causes of, uh, I would say, kind of mental health issues is the gambling side of things. So he'd ask your views, and I think I've seen some of it online before, but what's your views on betting companies often being the main sponsors in football when obviously gambling's clearly a, such a big issue, not just in the terraces, but addressing rooms as well? Aye, it's, it's difficult because, you know, obviously you can't, you, can't, you you have to take responsibility yourself for the things that you do as well. I mean, I would, I would never blame anyone for, for anybody can for anything that I've done. Um, but aye, I mean, football's a, a, a gambling industry right now. It's not it's not the old game that we all, well, for me, it isn't. It's not like the old game you used to go and watch and love. And it, It's just, I mean, to be able to bet on the first shy, first free kick, for, I'd, I'd have been jailed. I would seriously be yeah. jailed. There's no, there's no way that I mean, I can remember Billy Davis at the time saying to me when we take centre, put the ball down in the corner flag and then everybody pushes up, we'll start the game fair, it puts them under like a big press and 
I'd have been kicking the ball out for fun. I'd have been getting myself sent off, booked. I mean, it just things in football now are. But the the one thing that's the the killer as well is, I mean, it doesn't matter. I can you think boys know in our dressing room if boys are struggling? I mean, I can you think that people will be kind of. The football's not a sympathetic game where people will maybe. Maybe it's a wee bit different now, to be honest with you, but back in the day, having a gambling problem or having, I mean, nah, it just wasn't a, nowadays because of mental health and the things, that it's a lot easier for you to go and speak to a manager and say, listen, I'm really struggling or can I need a bit of help or I need a bit of support. I mean, back in the day, that was, but it's like that in society and society you would never have had the opportunities, whereas now, if you mention it, you're really brave and you're, and you're really brave, by the way. It's yeah. Be able to take your, to be able to take yourself out and talk and um, help so many other people by having that wee bit of profile about yourself. And as I say, Darren Conley's story just it's wonderful. Um, the the strength and the courage and um, that he's shown, um, to, and 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 helps so many people as well as. But I, I mean, fitness. I mean, you watch the adverts and it's constantly it's gambling as a gambling's a, it's a epidemic in society. Um, it's no, it's not just in fat bots and life in general. I mean, I'm lucky enough to get to hear some of the stories. Well, I'm not saying lucky enough, but some of the stories that you hear, and a lot of the ladies as well nowadays. I mean, ladies are, um, like you see more problems with ladies having gambling problems now, and it's just, it's not even just about yourself. It's how much it impacts the the, the amazingly lovely people around about you, the people that you care so much about. And as I said to you earlier, you put gambling in one hand and family in the other, and there's only ever going to be one winner when you were when you're in the throes of what I was doing. I mean, I would class myself as being. That's kind of where you come out of it, and you think to yourself, it shows how powerful it is because nothing, nothing beats my family like nothing. I mean, I'm, I feel like the luckiest guy in the world every day getting up to my wee lassie. My wee lassie's just turned four, and my wife. Can I'm, I'm so fortunate and grateful to have what I've got in my life today, um, because I've been there as well. I've been there wanting to commit suicide and trying to commit suicide, and it just, it takes you to a place. That as, I, as, I, as I explained before, it takes me to a hole, a black hole that I've never ever, I've never ever been in, and I would never ever, I, I would never be able to go back to again because I'd never be able to come out the other side of it again the way I have this time. So, yeah, I football. I, the thing is in football, it, it's, I mean, your teammates and stuff like that as well. Nobody knows the true extent. Of, you'll, you'll be able to say, oh, he's a gambler, or he's. Nobody will ever get to see the true extent of how bad it is how you're living your life, how demoralised you are, how close you are to thinking about putting yourself on a train, how, because it is real life and that is what's happening. Gambling will absolutely destroy you. I mean, it takes away all your dreams, hopes, aspirations. It takes away your morals. I mean, things that football players should never be. I mean, they weren't even in question. I, mean, I would have done anything to get money. I would have done anything. And it's the same now. I mean, I know I'm lucky enough to know a few football players that are playing in the Premiership. I'm lucky enough to know a few players that are playing in Scottish football right now that are absolutely insane with gambling. And a couple of them are real high-profile football players. And it's a shame because, you know what, nobody will ever, ever understand how a, how a gambler's mind works, especially one who's who's obviously happy enough to put their hand up and say they're an addict. Um, you'll never understand the kind of lengths and depths that um, they would go to. And nobody would ever believe probably that they have went to that, but... And I mean, online gambling now is just, it's absolutely horrendous. I feel sorry for people nowadays that football players can't go into their bookies now. They can't be seen the club track routes on because of sackable offence. They can't, or they're not meant to bet on football. As I've said before, I mean, I would say this Saturday, if you were to go and find out if anybody was putting a football recruitment on the Scottish Premier League first, second, third division, you would have no football. Because yeah. everybody... <laughs> 
maybe not to the to the extent obviously that, that I've been to, but everybody, everybody can you'll, you'll find it a great percentage in the army meant to do it, they're not allowed to do it. So what do you do? You go online, you either open up fake accounts and do it through somebody else. So if you ever do get checked, that you'll never ever be. And you know what? It's, it's a silent killer, absolute silent killer. Yeah, because we had another question actually from, uh, I think it was your time at Morton, and there was a guy, the Kitman, Andy Bryan, was sacked for betting in football. Andy was Andy was a goalie's best mate. Andy done a lot of his gambling through um, through the goalie and stuff like that as well. I, I you know, Andy is Andy is Morton, Morton through and through. Never seen anybody. You'll not see anybody. Probably it's a Kitman or a Corbett. To be fair, Alan, Alan at Motherwell is just one the million. Um, as well, he totally not allowed. But they absolute anything for Motherwell. He's a but Andy's like that. As Andy was a great guy. I got an amazement Andy. A lot of your banter was with gambling. Take be fair, I think that's probably how we had um, such a good relationship. Me and Andy, I got an amazing one. And as I said, I got him well with um, the goalie as well. So the kind of the three of us so spent a wee bit of time together. I listen. Andy was a massive punter back in the day, so it just shows you you can't get away with what he's doing now. Whereas back in the day, kind of get away with whatever you want. Yeah, that was the. Nowadays you just give me a chance, eh? and they've got a, they've got a, a downright cheek to have a go at boys and want to put them out the game and want to investigate them and want to get yet they're wanting to take money for lab books for Willie Hills the three six five. It's just so it's so wrong. But yeah. I, I've had that question a few times too, where they say, "Can I mean, what should you do? I mean, what really should you do? Should you get companies in that will pay the same kind of money or pay a wee bit less? But they're no." Smoking companies, there are no gambling companies, there are no drinking companies, can and actually go morally correct, or do you keep taking this kind of easy money that they take because it pays people's wages? And um, yeah, you so said the car stopped the smoking, wasn't it? Aye, they stopped the different stopped things that, like that. that as well. They've all kind of, but aye, football, as I said, football's a gambling industry now. It's no, I feel for Andy, I really feel for him because you know what, Navy will probably can how lonely and low and and how bad maybe a place he's in yet they kind of want to throw out there and it came off caught Andy and we've got him yet they still want to take money off the companies that's so it's quite sickening in a way but you have to take a wee bit of responsibility yourself for the for your actions and as I said I wouldn't uh, I've, I've got nobody else to blame for what I've done I, I made all I made all my own choices unfortunately when you're an addict you didn't unfortunately the, the choices get taken away from you it's hard to explain but there is no choices here for you. All you want to do is do it to get your fix. And yeah, any type of addiction that would be. Ah, hundred percent. It's the exact same for any. So, um, but I, I feel I feel for Andy to be honest with you because uh, you couldn't probably meet a, a lovely guy away from football. Um, you obviously kind of do a lot of kind of good work as well. We're kind of gamblers anonymous, so you kind of must kind of see a fair bit. And obviously, the kind of society society thing. So, <clears throat> aye. Aye, it is. I mean, as I said, it's a society problem. It's not a, people always going about. I feel bad talking about football team, but, but it's what you're asked because you played football. But I mean, it's. I, I mean, as I said, I, I was. I was the same guy making. I was the same guy making three fifty four hundred quid as a painter, as what I was making a couple of grand playing football a week. I was the same person losing my three four hundred. I was the same person losing my my same two three grand every every day I got paid. So. There's no difference. Can you, all you're talking about is the sums of money. It's no the. Yeah. I mean, I was still living a life that was. I mean, when you're in the throes of gambling, it's hard to even explain. It. I mean, you wonder how people suffer with anxiety, depression. You'll never ever live a life when you're gambling. You'll never ever 
it's the most high. My missus, my missus says it to me as well that it's an, a, a, your behaviours become so erratic. It's unbelievable. One minute you can be great, next minute you can be doing the dumps. It's it's where it takes you because you're on so many highs, so many lows, just in that quick space of time, winning, losing, winning, losing, winning, losing. You're betting that much. It's so. Ah, uh, your behaviours become horrible as well. You, you don't. Doesn't bring you the best in you? Can he unfortunately brings it a horrible side to you that, um, yeah, yeah, you, you mask it that much because I mean most people, well, mostly everybody would say I'm a good guy, but I mean most people would say that I'm a pretty genuine guy who gets on pretty well with, with most people. But as I said, I've treated a lot of people like that, and I've I've took money off people and done things that I'm no proud of whatsoever. But I done it whilst I was obviously um, totally and utterly uh, engrossed with gambling. There's no excuses for that. Or yeah. is try to live every day as that better guy who wants to kind of do as much as I can do for everybody else and be the family guy that I want to be. So, Aye, but when I was doing my research, certainly you could ask in fans of clubs that you'd played for, like they were all saying how you're still a fan's favourite. So like Sir Morton, fan's favourite, good guy. Um, yeah. Same at Motherwell as well, highly, highly regarded, really fond of, yeah. and you mentioned yourself as well. Yeah. That you could have got a lot of kind of fondness as well for them. So no, yeah. that's all we heard as well from. Yeah, that's so, nice. So it's... Aye, good. Um, what we'll do, can I kind of hand over uh, to Chris yep. to kind of start off the, the Premiership review and stuff like yep. that? Um, we're going to go over that, okay? No problems. Yes. I get a bad bit because the first What's thing we go, the first thing we get to talk about is the the midweek game, which means <laughs> I talk about how rubbish Hearts were. Aye. <laughs> I mean, it was good from my perspective, obviously, because I'm a Celtic fan. Um, <laughs> but um, aye, so like, the the Wednesday night game. Uh, it was the catch-up game because Celtic played the, in the League Cup. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, what, what do you make of the uh, how Hearts are getting on under the new manager? To be honest with you, man, when I hear him talking on the telly, I don't think anybody even understands him, eh? because, I mean, I felt, I mean, I said that on Saturday, they could beat the Hamilton and they're under severe pressure, or he's under severe fear already, because, as I said to you, you don't last at clubs like Hearts because the fans that take in, a, in their... They're brilliant fans, don't get me wrong. I've been here as a supporter as well, but I've been here as a fan as well, arguing with sitting, arguing with people and saying, Come on, you're not going to bring the best out and somebody sitting slotting people and, and then obviously I'm on the other side of the fact when I start playing football that I hear people um ah, it's a hard one. I mean, I listened to him after his game on Saturday. He's kinda of blaming the boys already, which is not a great sign either to be honest mm-hmm. weekend, saying that some of them are, are not carrying out the things, are not working hard enough, or not doing and if that's going to be the case, then obviously I'll bring somebody else in and um, I mean, by all accounts, he had had a few chances on Saturday. They scored a couple of good goals as well. And I mean, Hamilton are pretty dross, to be honest with you. Hertz should be gone there and obviously winning games. But um, I, I, I kind of listened to him and I, I, I kind of think they missed a trick as well. I'm not trying to get Jack Ross. I, I didn't believe that they actually did try to get him, to be honest with you. I heard Jack saying that I don't know if that was a wee bit of exposure or I don't know whether the Jacks are. We had a lot of work on with the PFA, going to clubs, doing stuff, t- talks with the gambling and lovely guy. Well loved, well loved at clubs as well. He's a, a fantastic coach team. You're bringing in somebody who, I don't know, a foreign guy. Why not? Why not go and get somebody young, somebody that's wanting to aspire to be ten rather than bringing somebody who I don't know. I just I just be listening to him. I don't know how he can bring the best in people because he sounds like the most dourest boy I've ever met in my life. I think that's a concern because to, to me, Hearts at the moment look like a team that are demoralised. Yeah. Ah, they, they have decent players there. I mean, yeah. they were created plenty of chances against Hamilton certainly yeah. at the weekend there. 
Um, against Celtic, it's a bit of a different story. When yeah. They're playing a, a good quality team there, but against yeah. Hamilton, certainly, they, there was plenty of chances, just couldn't score any of them. They look like a team that's demoralised, so I think what they, actually what they need is a manager who will get the best out of them and will be able to lift them up. I think just... nowadays, when you're sitting talking to anybody nowadays, I mean, even having a wee opportunities, I've had even just coaching at East Scotland and stuff like that, and then they are not right job and really enjoyed it as well. I've been lucky enough to won a few legs and got into uh, leagues and got into Scottish Cup and stuff like that as well, but I think even nowadays, I think it's, I'm not saying it's no great to be tactically astute because it is great, but you know what? The biggest quality you can get being a manager is how you bring the best into somebody because it doesn't matter how good you are. I'm not saying you obviously have to be tactically angry or how good a coach you've got to be, but it's been proved there's been a few good coaches. I mean, look at the boys at the Hearts, Austin, McPhee, and some boys that are fantastic coaches, but listen to them. I mean, it's just, you want to obviously be, you want somebody to be like a Billy Davis now at Hearts, somebody yeah. that comes in and and, and says, come on, come on, we, we have, we're better than this and I'm going to bring you better. And you're buzzing, you're going to training, you're buzzing, you're going, how can you be buzzing now when you're going to train and listen to somebody who, I mean, for me, just even listen to me after a couple of games, he's just do your personalities. And I, 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 I agree, I think it hurts him and, and, and I bet them out with a really in a wee bit of trouble. And I think it could be doing with somebody like a Billy Davis. And there, there's young coaches out there who could be doing the, I don't know what it is, I reckon, why are they going to this thing where they're bringing a foreign coach that, Realistically, I mean, Kenny's been at a lot of lower clubs. Who he's actually done pretty decent at clubs, but coming to play at a club like Hertz is something that he'll never, he'll never believe how big a club they are and how it's not until you go there that you actually there. And he'll realise it soon enough because he loses in a couple of games, he'll, he'll stand no chance, like no chance. Aberdeen and Hibs this week as well. I uh, they're obviously huge. They're obviously huge games. I mean, I said Saturday's was a huge game for him. I mean, gone away and even though they had a lot of chances, stuff like that, it's. I mean, I thought a lot of last year as well. It's when Stephen Nace was, Nace was playing, he was like a captain for them all. He was brilliant. It was like, can he, he just, he, they were a different team when he played and stuff like that. But then he's played in Saturday and played a half and he's off again. And he's a wonderful player. And I think he's got a great, he's got a great um, presence about him inside the dressing room, away from the dressing room and that as well. He's, but on the park, he's a, he's a massive loss when he's no, when he isn't playing because I think he has got that big, he has got that bigger party being at the club, but uh, they're, they're, it's, the thing is in the Premier League, you're never going to get an easy game either. They're all pretty, they're all pretty hard games, no matter where you go, and you only have to go on that bad run. I mean, he's, he's had two games, he's had a wee opportunity, not to stamp his, but you look at people who go to clubs, they do stamp their authority or teams, and you do see a wee difference in them, you do. I didn't see any difference in how it hurts. Eh? It just seems to be that they are lower than a snake's belly, and they need somebody to come in and can you try to change that and make things make the club a happier place to be honest with you? I think the good thing for Hearts though is that I mean, they're not adrift they, like, they, they're, I mean they did drop like three points behind now because Hamilton won at the weekend but I mean you can make that up this week if they have a decent performance against Aberdeen and certainly if they can win the derby they go into the winter break off the back of a terrific result and right back in the, the mix again so it could they're change big, in the space of a week they're big they're big ass though to be honest, they are yeah, big they're like, they're like, to be fair, the way they're playing now, well, I mean, as you said, I mean, you only do need a couple of results, and I think it's more so. It's even you play at Tyne Castle, and like when when things do start going a wee bit pear shaped, can it's probably one of the worst places to be in play, can because the fans can, can they're just so passionate and so. I mean, I've been there myself, can, as I said, I've watched them all over the place, and it's all right when things are going great. and but it's a stadium where you're right on top of all the players. And he's seen that as well. The manager said that. I mean, he's the one thing he doesn't want to come out and start doing the slot on the, the fans as well, because that's 
but he said Ken after the game they've got to be a big part of what he's trying to build as well because when they do start going behind it, you don't even a lot of younger boys there who are afraid to touch the ball. It's, it's very difficult, but I you've got two huge games coming up. Hibs um, for everybody. I mean, it's bizarre. Football's that bizarre that I mean they could still be rooted to the bottom of the league, but they beat Hibs and Hertz fans go away the happiest in the world. It's it's right. mental, but I think I think they'll toil to be honest with you. I think they'll uh, I think they'll struggle. I think they're in a really really difficult position now and. I can't. I just can't see for the life of me how things are going to change. I don't think the boy maybe got an opportunity in the summer to bring in boys, or maybe in January to bring in boys he wants to bring in. And but uh, they're three points off the bottom of the league. But it's mere. It's mere the state of the club. And it's not to worry about them being three points. And you can always make that up. It's mere where they are now. I mean, the club is just so deflated. The thing is, where everyone around them is like starting to like at least show signs of picking up points and maybe. Yep. You can progress and get better. Hearts don't have that just now. Nah, as I said, it's uh, it certainly takes somebody to come into the club, a big personality to come in and kind of cheer them up and can I it just it's like it's again it's like it's a chore now where can it's know that you should be appreciative that you're playing football that but I it's it just is low. It's really low and I think the fans are like that as well when it, it's got to take something more than. As I said, the three points isn't the problem now. The, the, the problem is kind of the state of where the club is now. I mean, there's, there's still a lot of bad taste regards Craig Levine being at the club for how long he was there for through fans, not for me, obviously, but for through fans. And um, and, and can, can he how it was all dealt with, how he's still at the club now and all the rumours that go on about at the club now regards things that are going on. And I, I mean, it just, it's, a, a, it's just a very, very difficult place and time to be. Whereas... Hibs have had a couple of decent results. I've had a couple of no so good results, um, but they've seemed to have had that wee lift. Jack's gave them that wee because I mean I've been listening to Hibbies for the last like three months and they've been demoralised. Now it seems to be so it can be done. It can be, but I don't know. Just listening to the boy, I don't know whether he's the kind of person that can maybe a fantastic coach and got great ideas, but unfortunately that's not what's going to make you go out in that park. They've got to be going out in that park now thinking, okay, what have we go one now and doing? Oh no, can it's Whereas when you're going out and you're buzzing, you're not thinking of the kind of thing, especially when you're playing at Tynecastle. It's, ah, it's a difficult place to play as a, as an away player, but it's difficult to play as a home player as well. I think as well, Hibs can bounce back though, because they've had a couple of, uh, well, obviously they played Celtic Rangers, so the, the teams at the top of the league that have been playing, but it's two difficult results they've had, especially one on Friday night. Well, they basically been that game in ten minutes. I, I mean, <clears throat> I watched a bit of that game as well. To be fair, um, I. I don't, as I said, I think it's mere a case of, it's not about, um, it's just about where the state of the clubs are now. I think it's, Hertz have never been this low for a long, long, long time. Um, they've had kind of rubbishy times where they've not been doing great or they've not been, but realistically, let's be honest, if things didn't change, they'll struggle to stay in the, I mean, for Hertz to stay in the Premier League, I never ever thought building a stadium, they've got the, the size of the club that they are, you would never ever think that that is possible, but the way things are, hopefully, as I said, things do change and kind of they do get a they do get a wee bit of a lift. And I just I kind of think that you need somebody with, with something about them to. And I did it. I just didn't get that for the boy at all. And, and hopefully he'll, he'll prove me wrong and he'll come in. And um, but I think, as I said, the fans, the fans' expectations and that as well have to be realised where they are just now and kind of keep supporting them and keep. Um, 
And it's difficult, it is, it's frustrating as well, because I've been there, as I say, watching it and I've been there playing it, so it is difficult and it is frustrating, but the, the, for a football player who's played, the worst thing that you can get when you go out there is people start to give you abuse and kind of just, it's very, very difficult to try and cast off to stand there and um, can you uh, play when you're, when you're under kind of that much pressure. And fans say, okay, what pressure, you're playing for the club and you're getting paid all that money and you're, when you play, it's always a wee bit different and, I just hope to stay by them and obviously give them the support and the love that they need because that's kind of what's needed at the club now. It's no, it's not a coach with great ideas. It's somebody who can say, "Come on, let's let's lift this and let let's this place be special again." And you go out and show me how you can be so special and I just make somebody feel as if they're they now. I just didn't see that in any of them at all. Um, even, I mean, the boy um, who came that's the boy who's came for doing south. It's played all the games and that whatever the boy plays international. The boy it's phenomenal player, older guy as well. He come in and kind of great on the ball, amazing over the last couple of weeks as well. He seems to have... Oh, Whelan. It's, 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 I, Whelan, I, I can't believe I forgot that. Fantastic player. Looks like he's in a different part to anybody else, the amount of time he's got on the ball, how clever a player he is, but I don't know, even just the last few well, it just seems as if kind of, he's been... Ah, he just The club seems downbeat, and unfortunately it has to lift because before you can, if clubs start getting a couple of results, it's very difficult to peg back, eh? And a lot of people will love to see the position he hurts him in. A lot, a lot of clubs will love to see it. So things have to change. If no, he'd be a tunnel one. And as you said, the game's coming up. Such hard games coming up as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously Easter Road as well. We've seen the unsavoury scenes again with the ball getting launched on the pitch. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, back in the day, it used to happen Kenny, pretty much all the time. And nowadays, it's obviously everything in the media is... Uh, your games, I mean, you're playing football, Ken, and it is, it's it's bizarre. There will not be many people probably like me that have actually watched a team, Ken, for years and years and years and years, so watched it and played it, but uh, throwing bottles and all that, it's absolute madness. I mean, people have got families and that to go home as well, but when you're at the football, I've been there today, I've been at my work on the Monday and I had 10, been infuriated and but uh, it's, they're no different to anybody else. The football players, the families, not. I mean, imagine that somebody got a bottle or something. I mean, anything you can do something that you can you'll never ever can you forgive yourself for. Then, then can But it happens everywhere. To be honest with you, football's obviously riddled with um, a lot of things. Now, can you've got your racism stuff like that as well? That what I, what I find so funny is can you? There's a talking game that night. They're all sitting slaughtering and monkeys and. Half the Tottenham team's black. <laughs> it's just... It's aye, it's crazy, aye. It's absolutely... I mean, are, are people just absolutely kind of mad? It's just... Aye, it's absolutely bonkers, man. That, um, you've got you've got players that are... And you find it in every... Everywhere you go, everywhere's got the black players. But, aye, it's just like that one thing that the now is just obviously um, no brilliant. It's... It's pretty grim, but I uh, sure bottles not. It's not great, not good at all. Back to the old days where you, um, things happening that are not great. Can even people you've watched it over the last few years? Can people come out the crowd as well and trying to? It's just crazy, absolutely crazy. You can't stop them too. That's the thing. People say, how do you stop racism? You can't stop racism at the end of the day. You'll never ever be able to stop it. Never. So can these kind of these kind of boys that want to go and do that at the football that want to go and chuck bottles on or do it? It's mindless people that. Kenny, I've got a date, and you're you're never got to change. Can individuals it will just be a minority of people. Yeah, just again, it goes 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 hand in hand with what's happening in society at the time. 
It does, hundred percent. Yep, it's it's All a right. big it's a big part of uh, that. Yep. I laughing. I was uh, hearing about how the, the government, what, what, Dennis Street, or saying they want to step in, or, or the, the <laughs> FA should step in and deal with things. It's like, well, oh, you've, you've got you've got a guy that writes about Muslims and how they should go home in the media. So, uh, and even like Gary Neville got cut short making that point in the sky. Oh, that was phenomenal, man. That was so uncomfortable. It was unbelievable. <laughs> no, I that was really, really uncomfortable. Um, I watched that yesterday. Yesterday I watched that. Aye, it was. Uh, He's he comes over he comes over really well to be honest but the boy was apologising obviously he was apologising a couple of hours after it saying that it didn't come over in the way that he obviously wanted to come over it was kind of thrown upon him with Gary Neville and um, ah yes it's, it's, uh, it we should be talking about we should be talking about um, all the good things that go on in football and the joy it brings people lives but now obviously there's a there's a lot of things that a lot of people are not happy with. Uh, yeah, I think we'll keep uh, frustration because um, actually just, uh, there was a lot of frustration at that point in time because not only was the bottle getting thrown onto the pitch, but uh, there was a scuffle in the, the dugout and uh, the players were a bit annoyed, all because of uh, a poor Porteous first touch and then it lunged down on Barisic. I can hang as from a neutral's point of view. Can I mean I've I've been watched it a few times like this season and last season I've got a couple of mates just to go watch games and stuff like that as well, but. I mean, Porteous is, Porteous, honestly, he's got such, I mean, I watched him at St. Martin in the semi-final um, before they obviously got beat with Celtic. Um, he's got a huge, huge um, opportunity in football to be a proper, proper player. He's quick, he's good on the ball, he's good in the air, he's good going forward, he's getting back, good getting back positionally. But I mean, if somebody doesn't get a hurry, I mean, obviously, um, can he take him away from football and give him, the, can give him a chat about can life? I mean, Jesus God, he's doing things that because yes, he's a he's a talented, talented football player who's got the world at his feet, hundred percent. But unless he changes, I mean, people saying that, people saying that you can. And I watched Hibs fans team, and he got sent off in that game against Kilmarnock, the game that I went through. What I went through, can't watch him. He's getting sent off. Not the Hibs fans by the goals. They were clapping him and all that. I think to myself, you're not clapping. He's just been sent off. You daft these man. Can you're not doing nothing to. You're not doing nothing to. Can just a bit, a bit. people who can watch that game and say that he shouldn't have been sent off or whatever are absolutely off their feet. I mean, for a neutral's point of view, I mean, he sat and waited on the boy coming and then he gets it wrong. I mean, the tackle, he's got the ball, but the intent and everything that goes with it and the stupidity, absolute stupidity. He's put his team down and killed his team. He's absolutely killed the game, killed his team. They were already killed anyway, to be fair, but I just madness. His, his moments of madness are just incredible. But I tell you what, what a future he's got like it. Just hopefully someday will uh, can he gonna get a huddy on him and sit him down and can he as he is he's young eh? he's got a lot of mistakes to make and he's got a lot of, just hope he learns quickly enough that because he could be a weight of a club really really I rate, I rate him highly he's a good player. So I mean you're pretty clear do you think that was that challenge was a red card? Oh, 100%. Um, it's interesting that. because um, sports scene I watched last night there there was more along the lines of well he's got the ball um, he's lunged in but. It's the way he's went in, and what, um, there's, there's been a lot of discussion there's around this huge, one uh, and the Cosgrove one and the, the game aye, the following day. 100%, about, aye. Two tackles, though. Aye, it's, I mean, it's two. They're not exactly the same tackle, but it's the same yep. sort of. They went in with quite a bit of force. They've yep. taken the ball and they've taken quite a yep. bit of the ball as well. And yep. the, the, the argument with the Porteous one is he's went in. With one foot, it's not where he studs up, but it's like yeah. a scissor motion because the second leg comes out and makes sure he gets Barisic. And for me, that's where the red card comes in. Yeah, 
I quite like the the, the, the these sort of forceful hard challenges in football yeah. myself. Um, yeah. But to me, they're a risk. If you get it right, it's a cracking challenge. If you get it wrong, yeah. the red card's coming out. And 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 Portis's case, I think the, the the second leg is probably the killer for him because he definitely tries to get Barisic as well. I think um, it deals to people as well when you're. I mean, you've got. I mean, you've got the kind of players in your team that are. But I mean, he, as I said, I really rate him. I think he's got a, a wonderful, wonderful future. Um, but I came up for the, not even so much for the tackle, for the intent, the stupidity, for the one waiting on the boy coming then to nail him. Can, as you say, the two, but the, listen, you can get a hundred different opinions, but every other different opinion at the end of the day. It's just, I think maybe the intent was was what kind of killed him, the stupidity, no, the actual challenge. And Cosgrove's challenge was a great challenge as well. But I think it's just, obviously, as you said, the forces went in way and, but they're both tackles where the boys won the ball and they've no... I just think for Portis, he's obviously... I couldn't believe he could have got the ball. He sort of waited on the boy coming so he could nail him. Can just... Just ridiculous stupidity when he could have can done, done... But he'll learn. He's a younger boy. Hopefully he will learn and hopefully he'll have an amazing future because I think he's a he's a really nice lad. He's a fit boy as well by all accounts. So, um, But I... That, listen, that's a great thing about fit boy. Everybody will see us sitting talking around you could probably have different opinions on what you think well it was a sending off a ride and it's just that's a great game eh, that you get the opportunity to maybe he's right maybe he's wrong it's just whatever gets whatever people uh, the decisions get made and that's it oh yeah, absolutely do you think the Cosgrove one was a red as well I think it's the intent that goes in as you said it's the it's more the other leg coming out that's the the boy kind of could have got hurt as well. I kind of think he was very clever what he'd done and he's obviously wrong about the fair laughing and all that as well, which doesn't help people as well. Um, so I, I like the boy. I like that boy, by the way, the boy who plays up front. He, he's always, he'll be away as well. He'll get a good move. He'll be away somewhere. somewhere oh, talk about been interested in uh, as well. A couple of big clubs interested in him. He's good. He's a good player. He's a... Ken Hang is that... I've maybe seen a wee bit of malice in that challenge, to be fair, but I watch him at all games. He's kind of a big, sturdy boy who does get wired in, which I like as well. I kind of think that, can, I mean, you will get money, you wouldn't have got me chasing them when I lost the ball, I was never going to chase it back, but you wouldn't have got me running all the distance around for to try to take the ball out. Can't mean that, but I've been the park. So, he has, he's, he's got a great worth ethic and all that as well. He scored loads of goals, so I'm sure he'll go into to bring him better things. It doesn't help that the reputation of Celtic playing Aberdeen, Rangers playing Aberdeen, Celtic playing Rangers, I kind of think all these things can come into your at Park Cage and make a challenge like that. I kind of think of it maybe being somewhere else, it maybe wouldn't have been a red card, but. As you say, they can be. You'll have a hundred different opinions on what was, whether you think it was right or wrong. Yeah. I think that one of the more of the ball. I'd say it gets more of the ball than what Portis did. Aye, uh, I think there's, there's, there's but a, it's probably yeah. again the speed of it, the yeah. speed, the yeah. challenge, and the way he goes in. Like back in the eighties, that would have been a good tackle. Oh, hundred percent. But it's changed now. I was more surprised at how quick he was in the challenge to get over to get to the ball. He was fleeing. Yeah, it doesn't look that quick to be honest with you, but he was. It was like hundred miles an hour. He was running the challenge, and he came and he got the near end of the game as well, taking the. The energy and all that to go out and obviously try to take the boy out. So, but I back in the day that would have been a brilliant challenge. You'd be a hero for challenges like that nowadays. <laughs> nowadays I'll try to get you jailed and all. Uh, it's funny. I mean, it's because we mentioned quite a lot of the guests that have been on this podcast this this season so far. Um, I was watching uh, the former uh, referee Derek Crawlers. Uh-huh. Having, a, having a good discussion with Lewis uh-huh. Common, uh-huh. uh, the the Statement League king, uh-huh. um, and I, I was fine. He'd been debating quite a bit about. Whether the Portis one was a red card, and then uh-huh. later, the next day he was debating whether the the um, the Cosgrove one was a red card. And Derek uh-huh. point posted up a good sort of screenshot of the the guidance that 
the, the referees are given and like, yeah. all the considerations you've got to take into account, whether it's violent conduct or serious yeah. foul player or reckless challenge. And it's things like, does the player act without precaution when making the challenge? Does the player make fair or unfair contact with the opponent yeah. after, after touching the ball? Does the player act with complete disregard of the danger to his opponent? Does the player act with complete disregard of the consequences for the opponent? Does the player have a chance of playing the ball in a fair manner? Is the challenge putting an opponent in a dangerous situation? So there's all these things that they have to take into account. So it's not just the case that he's got the ball it's also how he's got the ball and exactly how much danger surely, he's got his opponent in. Surely when you're coming to when you're making decisions like that, you can't you have to spend ten minutes going through that and forgot what you've said there. <laughs> exactly. I mean you're, these you're are never, the things you're, you're, you're never you're never gonna go into you're never you're never gonna to be honest, we've got to be a referee. Let's be honest. I mean I watch amateur referees nowadays that are that are that are heartbeat for getting punched in the face and Oh, it's mental. Even at like senior level, you you like, you can't win. It doesn't matter what you did again. The fact that you got to come off from one team is not going to like you. Very seldom you come off from base managers go. You came off ref had a great game today. They're all slaughtered. They're all manager. Uh, when you play football as well, it's such an intense uh, environment as well. It kind of changes you. I've learned that just for a wee bit. Of, even the small what I've done, but a big club when you're at clubs, Premier League manager, not changing a different person as well. Your personalities. It turned into a bit of a pot, to be fair. Um, so, I... It's, well, to, to put that into perspective, that was six considerations I mentioned there. There are 23 in total oh, for this one. Come but, on, that's... How you make a 23 when, when you've got, like, split second to make a decision? How you yeah. make 23? How you, that's impossible. You need 10 minutes to sit and go through your hand and go, like, I don't know that's... You have no chance. You get a penalty, you get a penalty. It's whatever he sees and whatever he thinks or a, or a saying, you know, for... It's what you see at the time, I think... You as fans, you'll be the same as well. Kenny, a lot of times it probably depends where you're playing about what kind of pressure you're under. I mean, if you're it, know that you've got to park in the box, so different, you've got to get. But Kemo, as as a as a referee, you're uh, you're under probably a bit more pressure playing at all the bigger grounds and what you maybe when you make the same decisions at a lower game that you're at on a Saturday morning against Rafe Rovers or something. Like that, I mean, so it's a. Uh, and there you go, you can get on VR, they probably still wouldn't get a right position at the end of the day, they'll still have a different opinions. It's that's the great thing about football. Football's all about opinions and I'm sure a lot of people will think that they're the right decisions that were made the same enough, so now people are not think that they were I wouldn't have thought in the Rangers game that would have made any difference. Hibs have got to get pumped anyway and in the Aberdeen game it was obviously it was a it was kinda of difficult game, so um it maybe made a difference to the end result. But I think Hibs obviously started the game up purely goalie made a mistake goal and then Rangers just lifted for there that was it it wouldn't matter what Portsmouth had done it would have been difficult for them to get back in the game anyway yeah I think they were already 3-0 down by the time he got yeah. sent off so I mean yeah. the, the, the Marciano mess up for the first goal um, yeah. the four shut him down made Kent and he's I want to see if he finished well. which I can't finish uh, aye um, the goalkeeper Aribo got a second in 10 minutes and then um, uh, Defoe himself got a third before, yeah. again before that was sent off so that game was done yeah um, uh, the 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 Celtic game definitely a bit tighter about that one. Celtic were two one up, um, having been one 0 up for the the Christie goal, and then yeah, had a few chances as well. Never obviously scored. And then Celtic Aberdeen, they're always hard games. Huh? Aye, I mean, well, the the game at Pataudry earlier in the season was 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 very one sided in Celtic's favour, but this one was Aye. a lot more like it has been yeah. between Celtic yeah. Aberdeen recently. That, that, that yeah. was, it was quite tight. Um, Celtic yes. had a lot of chances, but Aberdeen were pretty were pretty solid. Um, I know uh, McInnes was very disappointed as Julian had managed to get the the, the, the goal with his foot. I know, um, and it was a bit of, kind of I don't know if he just scoffed it or what, but it was I know. A, 
<laughs> weird finish. Um, he'd had the bar before that as well, so he'd had a couple yeah. of chances. There were um, a few yeah. chances in the game, to be fair, before that, Tay. Aye. But there were two big boys scoring. He'd had a good chance at the back post as well. Um, so, aye, it was, aye, as you said, somebody, somebody in the games that Who'd ever want to be a ref? That would be my, my, my final point on that. It's, you would never want to be a ref, man. Never, never a million year. I mean, yeah. you're, all you'd be thinking about all the time is when your windies were getting tanned, and I mean, because yes, you have a heartbeat away for Sunday coming in, because every weekend's wearing braids and all that as well, eh? So it's, uh, yeah. it's so, so difficult. I mean, how you may go through a criteria uh, like 20 things, whatever, to, 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 in a split second position where you're under so much pressure. You see what you see, you get what you get. As you said, would it make a difference like what you're seeing now, bringing VR and would you have sent them off with VR there or would things have been different? I don't know. I don't know. We, we still didn't care. You didn't care about the sending off. It's just opinions. Eh? It's whatever. Yeah, and I don't I know whether that VR makes. And it's it's all ex-referees that are doing it. So, I mean, if Derek's saying yeah. it was a red card, Dermot Gallagher's yeah. been on Sky Sports today saying both Portis and Cosgirls were red cards. Yeah. Um, Derek's also said that Aberdeen are appealing this decision, but referee Ewan McGregor will have been asked to review the decision, and at that stage yeah. he can make it a downgrade if he wants. Yeah. But apparently he's probably satisfied with the decision, so it now goes on to this, yeah. the next stage of the, the, the review. Process. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, but certainly... Um, it, 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 all things are pointing at a moment to being a red card and that decision will remain um, I mean cred, credit to you and Anderson the other big decision in this game was the penalty shoot for Celtic where um, yeah. Wilson put the challenge in and Edward I think he yeah. gets that spot on um, Wilson takes a lot of the ball great, yeah. great tackle I don't think there was any shoot for a penalty there. Yeah. No, I, I, thought, I, I thought it was a great challenge to be sure seen that as well great challenge but I mean, as you said, I mean, you're sitting watching the game at 100 mile an hour as well. It's, it's bloody difficult. It would be bloody difficult to be a referee. Like, so difficult. But as you said, it's making the decisions. And but you know, the thing is, maybe I'll come away from talking about that being a great, that being a great decision and a, and a fantastic decision that could have changed the game and could have. Oh, you've got to come away talking about the challenge that boy made for Aberdeenia. Aye, aye. I, 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 John, who's not on this podcast, the other John, um, good John, he's not on the podcast tonight, but he sent us a message beforehand and he was basically saying he thinks the Porter's one was correct. He doesn't think the Cosgrove one was correct, but one of yeah. the things he made the point about was it's a shame about it because it's overshadowed such a fantastic tackle that I have Gallagher 100%. just before it. Yeah. And it's a crack, and it's like, I mean, when Gallagher's in a goal with it, that tackle. Yeah. yeah, no, 100%. That's the. The unfortunate thing about a referee is you've never got to pick out one bit of greatness that he's done. It's different when you're a football player. I mean, you've always got to, but as a referee, all you've got to get is the one thing that, and that's the one bad decision you've made that's killed them in a game. Whereas, kind of, most games, the decision hasn't really kind of, well, a lot of the time, hasn't kind of changed the result of where the game has actually gone. It's, um, but nah, it's a, it's a hiding in the hunt. To be fair, look at referees in South, I've got VR, they're getting slaughtered as well. <laughs> what chance you got? Uh, good result for your old club Murrowell as well at Kilmarnock aye a brilliant result um, I, I, don't, I really don't care what the goalkeeper was doing for the free kick to be fair but um, aye it was uh, I mean they're, they're doing really well eh? the manager's obviously um, he's obviously then but I think he's a top man at the Christmas night suit and all that as well eh? he's getting to see a lefty eh? but uh, that's right aye, aye. He's, uh, aye, he's I tell you what you wouldn't want to fight him either, to be honest with you he's better might be a right hard dude as well um, so Hannah Tegelvin might have been a good uh, I, I don't know what's happened there but I, it's, it's no uh, it's no obviously great for the seller for the, for the club but uh, he's, he's said that he's, it wasn't his fault whatever's happened, happened whatever but he's doing, he's doing amazing eh? he's, 
I mean, I, as you said, I, I had heard big rumours that he was meant to have been um, getting thingied with hearts and that. And as I said before, I mean, you, you, you're doing really well at a club and you would think, why would anybody want to leave Motherwell to go to Hertz? But the realisation of how big a club it is as well when you can Hertz, they're a, they're, it's just a huge club. Um, and most players would understand that as well. And I mean, I love Motherwell too, but it's gone up a level, gone to... Um, can go just as as an expectation as a as a size of your club, um, and that's probably what's amazing about Motherwell. It's can smaller club, family club. It just it's a great place, great fans, great people. Um, whereas when you're in that bit fishbowl, when you're at Hearts or Hibs, it's, it's it's certainly a lot different. But he might have been the man that might have come in and maybe g'd them up and gave them something because he's got something about him as well. I think he wouldn't take mm-hmm. any other um, kind of nonsense. I think he's got a He's definitely got a, a big effect on um, how his boys play. You can see when he's angry and all that as well. Where, where could you see that boy being angry on Saturday and sitting talking? It's just so he might have been somebody that might have come in and he's done well. He's done really well. He's he's certainly lifted them. But, but I mean, yeah, there you go. Three months ago, he was getting slaughtered as well. <laughs> Motherwell fans were watching his heat as well. I was sitting talking to the boys. I know my Motherwell mates that are. He was getting slaughtered three months ago. Can okay, I mean change things about? Now he's a hero again. So it's the usual fans fickle. Kind of, he's, he's had a few great results and then all of a sudden now he's a hero and they didn't want him to go to Hertz and they didn't want to maybe asked that three months ago they've been chatting with the door maybe a slightly fortunate one won this game right enough um, Brophy had an absolutely terrific chance and somehow ballooned it over ah, the I've seen that. I, seen um, that. I think we've all done that certainly hiding in the shop when you do it as well what shot of confidence Brophy aye See, that's I, worrying aye I, I watched him through um, I watched him through in that Hibs the Hibs Kelly game 10, I wasn't, I wasn't impressed on my thought, to be fair, I just, yeah, he's done really well, he's scored a lot of goals, and he's just a wee bit inconsistent, whatever, but aye, he's, it's a confidence thing as well, eh? when you're banging in goals, like, you're going to look at chances like that, it's a goal, eh? when you're, when you're lowering a snake's belly, you're going through goals, all you're thinking about is how you're going to miss it, I've been there, like, a few times. Well, that's, yeah, well, that's on the flip side, you've got Lyndon Dykes at Livingston, continuing to aye, get all the products he deserves. The first ever top flight hat trick for Livingston. Aye, I know, I've seen that, he's doing, uh, he's doing well, he's three, three decent finishes as well, um, they're, they're, doing, they're doing really well as well, I think obviously Ross County had a, a few boys you know well and stuff like that as well, so to go down there, it's kind of a hard place at, um, at any point to go, but to go there when you're obviously toiling for a team, is uh, it's no great, but aye, it was, a, it was a brilliant result, and good for the boy getting a, getting a hard trick, good for Livingston as well as a club, getting doing really well, and um, so I, all good. They might have a problem aye, though, because there's lots of rumours flying around about uh, them maybe losing their manager to Kilmarnock. Mm. I'm interested to see what happens if that happens, and then obviously they go and get a new manager in because he made a massive difference when he came in. Because um, obviously Kenny Mar had briefly ran the club there, yeah. um, and when they doing do great, but when he, when yeah. Gary Holt came in, it was a massive difference. He's uh, he comes over really good as well. I really like him actually. He comes over, I don't know him obviously, but he's, he comes over really well. Um, Very I, honest, isn't he? I no, definitely. He's always honest in his assessment. Hundred percent. I think um, you didn't get any. I like that. I like when managers come in. I like when they come in and after games, I know any excuses to. I like when they're honest, when the boys are good and they're doing really well and. I like when they protect the boys as well. Ken obviously not got to come out and slaughter the boys because that's the worst thing you can do. And the boy, Ken, as I said, the boys already done this with Hertz as well. He never went full, full out slaughtering them, but he never gave them any 
kind of indication that they're and you're wanting to hear that, you want to hear that Ken what the boy believes in you and, and I can it's hard because obviously they're not doing pretty well. But aye, it's unfortunately about a club as well. You do well for a club at Livingston, you're gone, eh? you go away to a, a bigger club like Kelly and then you're kinda left all of a sudden it. And you look at where the clubs are now, can they where would you rather be? But a lot of money money can he sometimes floats people boats as well, to be fair, I didn't get it wrong when I played, I loved it myself, but I uh, sometimes you've got to look at the bigger picture and where you're can you looked after and where you're but as a as a, it's a catch twenty two because if you're a player you want to go and play at the highest level and get paid more and more money, so um difficult one. But he's definitely made a big bit Gary Hope definitely he's got something about him I like. I like him. I think he would bring the best out in all the boys' team. The boys would love him as well. Kabarnik fan as well, supposedly. Aye. In case he's in Kabarnik. That may be the pool then. Aye, definitely. Aye, there'll be a lot of things that he'll probably have to... I mean, that's a trek as well, kill it living, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, we'll finish off by asking briefly, how do you think the Edinburgh Derby will go on Boxing Day? Edinburgh Boxing Day Derby? Um i better to see a drawing and I'm not getting any abuse when I'm out in the street and stuff like that. But if you're asking me, <laughs> if you're asking me the truth, I mean, if it had been at Easter Road, I'd obviously have, and I thought that, um, I would have thought I'd probably wear a bar and the way things are out, to be fair. But a derby's a derby. You, 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 can never, you can never predict a derby. Everybody would go on it saying that you would think Hibs are going to win. But it's any of the games where, you know what, Hertz could go into that and play really well and win. And then, as you said, oh, you're suddenly next to the game, you can beat Aberdeen. So, the derbies are definitely, definitely different. But the way things are now, football-wise, the way Hibs are playing, the way Jack's got the boys buzzing, the way the places are now, you would definitely think that Hibs will, Hibs will probably get a win. But in a derby, you never, ever know. You just want it to be a, a good spectacle for the supporters and hopefully a good result for whatever end it may be. So that was sitting on the fence. Hey, you like that? Aye, aye. <laughs> Um, so I really good having you on, Kevin. Uh, appreciate you being so open and honest, and really good hearing about all your highlights of your career and everything like that as well. So I, you're always welcome to come back on if you want to as well. Oh, listen, it's a privilege to come on. It's um, it's nice to uh, to sit and talk about and reminisce. And uh, as I said, it's nice. Let my, let my wee daughter hear it, and she'll maybe realise that I did actually play football. I played a couple <laughs> of charity. I played a couple of charity games. She's currently watches man. She's just <laughs> I'm brutal. Eh? She's like my daddy's rubbish. Well, cheers. So I uh, no listen privilege to come on and, and and continue success. It's a it's a good programme. It's good for people to get a good insight, especially the football players as well. It'd be nice for you to get more boys on and good show, good boys, and hopefully you'll you'll keep them um, going the right direction. Uh, you um, can even put us in touch with some as well. Listen, I've got a few numbers I can put you in touch. Brilliant, <laughs> Kevin. I've I've uh, got David. one last question that came in on Twitter while we've been on here that your daughter will probably love. Just how good did it feel when you skinned Paul Lambert live on Sky? Ah, oh, listen, it's, uh, it's, it's, it wasn't, it wasn't many times that I've done it, so Paul Lambert was a fantastic player as well, he was uh, a really, really nice guy as well, I'm mad about all the nice guys nowadays, when I'm out of football, I'm a family guy, whereas when I was a, a band partner about nightclubs and all that, I was, uh, aye, no, loads of good times, and it's, it's nice to reminisce and kind of bring out a lot of the old stories like as well, because you kind of forget that, as I said, um, that you actually... Uh, Played football, especially as I say, the sizes now. It's uh, I could do with shedding a few pounds after Christmas, so hopefully this show put me in the right stead. I think we all could, to be honest. Oh, I definitely, <laughs> I. <laughs> I know, but you, well, you know that's a bad thing you want the football players, but people look at me now and they're like, Jesus, God, boys, eat an elephant. So it's no, uh, <laughs> it's no great, but 
my daughter loves me, that's the most important thing. My wife loves me, too, I think, so it's the most important thing. So that's the most important thing, definitely. Have a good Christmas as well. You too, listen, I hope I hope all your listeners have a good good Christmas as well. And, and remember, it's an amazing time to be surrounded with amazing people and make the mistake because you never, ever know where you'll ever be in life. So enjoy it, and I hope uh, I hope you have a lovely family Christmas. All right, cheers, Kevin. Awesome. Okay, thanks very much. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers. Thank you.